But here we go. You guys that are watching the live stream get to hear a, a second beginning. Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review, The Sopranos. Oh, didn't we just do this? Yeah, we just did the intro. Okay, it's, it, we're doubling it up because I fucked up and didn't record the intro of the show and the podcast. But here we are, everybody, to watch these episodes of The Sopranos and talk about it. Back on the podcast after a one-episode disappearance. If someone's watching this podcast later, like watching The Sopranos streams later, they're going to look and you're just going to have missed one episode. But it's a Right. Lot. It's been a year, but sure. Yeah, it's been since la- since like almost a year. I think it was last February where we last did, really? a, last did a podcast together about the ep- about episode seven, which was, uh, I forget what it was, I forget the episode title. Down, that might have been the one. Down, down Neck. Yeah. Down Neck, yes. And then uh, we, we missed each other for, for the Legend of uh, Tennessee Maltasante yeah. for a while, and things got put off, and eventually I did that one myself. But here we are today to talk about two episodes, Boca and Hit is a Hit, and because of like time situations, and this ended up just being an easier situation for Matt. Matt's on break from school right now, so we decided to get together this afternoon. I'm and- not homeless. It just last time I was wearing a shirt and tie, now I just look like yeah, now he just looks like some dude. Uh- well, what a rough eight months it's been for me. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Matt's finally back. He, yeah. he clawed his way back from from the the dregs of society. So we figured we've been doing a lot more of these kind of live watches, so we figured this would be a good opportunity to do it. We've all seen these episodes before, but if you've never done one of these, what we're going to do is watch the episode live and react to it, comment, talk the fuck all over it <laughs> as, as, we do, as we do in these. So if you've never seen the episode before, this might not be the best time to watch it for the first time, but we will try to give you some sort of information about what's going on in the scenes so you can just listen to this as a podcast on your own or sync it up to the episodes and watch them with us. And But what I wanted to say before we started, Matt, it's mm-hmm. strange that these are the two episodes that we have to talk about, or that we have to talk about. A lot happens in this episode, Boca, that we're about getting, getting into. This is the start of the Tony and Junior War, really. I mean, it's leading up. Livia planted a lot of the seeds leading up to this, but this is the... I haven't watched these in ages. I'm excited to So watch this is the breaking point. But in a lot of ways, Boca and Hit is a Hit are... are are episodes within themselves, especially Hit is a Hit. We're, we'll get more into that in the second episode where the story is very enclosed in what's going on. Boca is a, has this whole side story about Junior's girlfriend. It's the first and only time we ever get a love story kind of thing with Uncle Junior. And I'm really excited to get into it, but we are not alone. I see down in the corner of my side eye, we also have the live motherfucking chat, Kyle's fucking chickens, William, Samantha, Worldwide Horror. And of course, before we start this podcast, this podcast being we're recording this on Tuesday, December 27th at about 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do have to say rest in peace to Carrie Fisher, who had a heart attack on a Awful. plane about uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. And they were very vague about her health. They made it seem like maybe she would she would recover. But um, She had the heart attack right before George Michael died, like the day before, yep. I think. So it was like that was the quick order. Somehow between... The heart attack, and today George Michael passed away. Right? Yep, and it's it's ve- it's very 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 hard for people that were fans of the Star Wars films, and it was good to see her get back. She's obviously throughout her whole life had some serious problems with drugs and with health issues. So uh, it's been a long battle with her, and and I'm glad that she was able to be in these Star War in the Star Wars movies, whatever Matt thinks about it. And uh, well, would she has she been in? Did they already film episode? They already eight? filmed all of her scenes. And, and, I mean, and 
Yeah, nine I, too. Eight. I'm not about. I'm not nine, but for whatever it's worth, if we're looking at this from a television movie standpoint, uh, she did record, from what I've heard, all of her scenes for episode eight. So, uh, so, uh, so we'll see how. And they... Let's not forget the Blues Brothers too. I mean, the Blues classic Brothers scene in the Blues Brothers. Um, when Harry met Sally, she yeah. she was also, I believe, in Drop Said Fred. She played very, in the '80s post Princess Leia. She played a lot of those friend of the main character in a love story movies yeah. and she was always the wacky crazy friend one of the funniest people really a funny comic and a very outspoken person that never never held back her opinions on shit and that's what I always appreciated about Carrie Fisher more than and anything else she talked shit she was a mad shit talker and Phil when you and I were little kids her in that outfit oh, fuck, attacked the Jabba was like one of the first things you've seen like that. Yeah, that, that's one That's one of the... That, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, yeah. those are some of the first moments that you touched yourself as a child. Yeah. It's, you, don't it, even know, you don't even know that you're turned on or why you are, but you kind of are. You're like six years old. It's creepy. Yep. We, you and I were six when that movie came out, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. You don't know why you're touching yeah. it. You just know you're touching it. I've said, I've said this a lot in the po- on, on the show, but for some reason, I always... Like my first fantasies involved chewing. Like, like I had Linda Carter and I wanted to chew on her boobs. I didn't know what I wanted to do oh, with her, but I wanted to... Ch- it's sick. That, that is sick. I'm a twisted fuck. Yeah, that's so... It goes with The Sopranos, though, and it goes with the theme and the episode that could be subtitled Psychiatry and Cunnilingus oh, Leads to what you War. did. Yeah, you I see, see, you see oh, how it, you see how it all... Great tie-in. You see it. how it all came fucking together. We got Sam, we got Kia, we got Richie, we got Worldwide Horror, we got Jose, we got the live motherfucking chat with us today. And sorry about the lack of notice, really, about these, but... Uh, we're going to be on today. I'm also going to be on tomorrow night with Joe doing, I think, two different pot, uh, shows, two different streams. One about the end of the year, some of our favorite TV moments of the year, and then the Vikings live uh, live show that we're going to be doing and doing it like this. And then somewhere the first day or a couple days after the new year, Joe and I are going to be back to talk some Game of Thrones spoilers leaks. With this, you can read the comments, Matt. No, I know, but give a brief recap on it. Just are you about the episode right before this, or what? What's leading into this one? Like basically, what's ha- what's led into? So the the biggest things I watched the Maltesante one yep. last night. Two biggest things in it is Junior finds out uh, that Tony's seeing a psychiatrist. That mm-hmm. happens towards the end of the episode, which is a huge deal and a huge like sort of a start to this downfall we're gonna see. And. Um, the other thing is they find out that there's indictments coming down. Right. Who they're going after. Yep. And it turns out Junior's the one on the chopping block, really. Uh, they were going, they went through Tony's house. They got nothing on him. So f- I think that's the first time we see FBI agent, what's his name? Harris. Harris, yeah. Harris. And Christopher was obsessed with finally getting his name in the newspaper, yeah. which he did. You got cowboyitis, Christopher! Yeah. I've seen it before, Christopher! That's one of the best scenes with them so far. Oh, yeah. Screaming at him yeah. in the car. Yeah, it's, it sets up the dynamic between Tony yeah. and Christopher excellently. And so, yeah, leading into this episode all season, we've seen Livia. Uh, it's worth mentioning the Livia, that Livia is a bad Jiminy Cricket on Junior's shoulder and constantly whispering things into him. And as much as Tony pushes to put her into this home, uh, push her away, get using, using the therapy to help get through the fucking shit of having a horrible borderline mother going through all that. The more he gets better or tries to go through getting better on it, Livia is give, is trying to fuck with him. And she's made a decision in her mind, whether, whether consciously or not consciously, I, I, I argue consciously that she's done with Tony. He's dead to her. He, she wants him dead. So she sets in motion through Junior by telling him that, knowing that it's going to lead to maybe having to kill Tony. Phil has this huge thing of everything that 
Livia does is lucid and she's conscious of all of this and is maybe on the re I'm seeing it now that we're watching these again, but the first time through she seems much more innocent and just sort of like Daffy. like aloof and didn't really know what she was saying or understand the gravity of telling dude telling junior what she told him about tony seeing a psychiatrist dude but. she is the colombo of of manipulators <laughs> the colombo she she's like oh shucks did yeah. i did i uh oh, yeah just one more thing <laughs> just one more thing one more thing you know tony is seeing a psychiatrist and yes, people in the live chair are saying, don't mention that GOT show. That's pretty soon, guys. Joe and I are going to get into it. We're going to get into all these fucking potential spoilers. I, we're, we're chopping at the bit. But, to, but today, I'm going to stay away from that discussion. I shouldn't even mention it. So, okay. So let's get into this. Let's start this episode. We're going to be talking all over this, as we said, maybe pausing it at times. But if anybody wants to be watching this episode with us, we're at 0. 0.00000. Oh, Lola's in the live chat. Huge hug to Lola in, po in Poland. Huge hug to you. Ha Happy New Year coming up. So here we go. One, two, three. Episode is starting. Here we go. The episode has started. Let me, let me get some volume up. I might have to... Oh, yeah. Still, every time any HBO show, show comes on, I expect to hear the sound. You know, after you see the, the, the HBO live. Yeah, it's... It's really so iconic. Of, of all the HBO themes and intros that have come after them, and some more grandiose and some more classic, if you really look at them, like Game of Thrones, Westworld, and previous, like Oz is a really classic intro. There's something about this Sopranos intro, something about the song, and I think yeah. right off the bat from the Sopranos, you get what it's all about with the merging of these these mu this music mixed with uh, the vibe that's going on. The ends of these episodes with the songs and I and as much as some of these other HBO shows, the modern ones have composers that work on uh, unique music for them, which is really great. The Sopranos goes a different route, which they use songs. They have someone that picks you know picks right, music. and they had Stevie Van Zandt too, who was a big like someone who was helping choose all of these songs too with yeah. them. Oh, we got Benjamin in the live chat. Great to see you. Who doesn't love me? William, lo I love you, William. Samantha, it's great to see you, Samantha, in the live chat. Great to see all of our friends here today. And I guess up until the, like many things in life, up until the last minute, they didn't know that they were going to do this song. They, this was a last minute pick that they, right. they couldn't find the right, they had the intro all edited, but they couldn't figure out the right song for it. Got yourself a gun. To the Sopranos. Oh. Can, Matt's thinking right now, can AJ fall into a grave? Oh that's God, that's partially duck. And, and there's weeds. <laughs> well, it looks like tobacco rolls. Nobody gets down yet. Anthony, those dogs Do you feel bad for Junior? Throughout the series, like, or especially with, um, with what happens to him in season one in this whole process. Yeah. See, right away, she's going in on it. She... Yep. Oh, there she goes. There she is. My son was brought up right. He needs a psychiatrist for what? So Junior's tried to forget this, and not to hammer down my point, but Junior's tried to forget this, and it seems like. Haha, <laughs> 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 Dunch. 
but she keeps bringing it up. Right. Oh, Part okay. of it is she's obsessed with the fact that it has to do with her. Mm-hmm. He thinks she's in there talking about her nonstop, which he is. Which he but... is. Oh, oh, I totally forgot. This is what I meant about also a side storyline. We have this whole weird storyline here. Yeah. With, with the uh, and we're gonna get into this with the soccer, the soccer game and. Tony's really into seeing Right, her. and this is one of the first times you really see them as like members of the community outside of being mm-hmm. the Sopranos. Like outside of Vesuvio. Right. And you even see the Vesuvio people with Artie and Charmaine. And this a lot of this focuses around Artie and Charmaine Char- Charmaine in this episode too. <laughs> so, I love him in the wife beat. <laughs> Sylvia. I love him in this scene. If I remember this correctly, what's about to happen here? Oh, have some fun, Lola. Talk to you very soon. And I love Artie trying to get in with the other guys, yeah. though, too. Like, he's one of them. He's one of them. He wants to be one of them so bad. But, and this is also a weird episode, too, and one of those real surprising conclusion to this. Like, yeah. like right away, you don't, you never think the first time you're watching this episode, and I'm not going to say it yet in case anyone's watching this for the first time, you don't, re- you don't understand what the, where it comes from. It comes from out of nowhere, really. And you're, like, and you're like, holy shit. You're almost living through Tony's perspective when Tony's reaction to it. M- motherfucker. Broke black man, great to see you in the live chat, buddy. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Come on. She's like Jonathan Brandis and Ladybug. That is terrible goaltending, by the yeah, way. Horrible. Horrible. That girl that girl should be She just fell down. Yeah. You could have tried for it. The goalie's bribed. The goalie's fucking bribed. Seriously, she's, she knows who the other team is. He's a, he's a beautiful, brilliant genius. And Tony already starting to get to look more Tony-ish yep. at this point in the season. He's filling out. There's also a side story in this as we get into the, to what Tony's saying to him right now about he wants to put Artie into business. He wants to put money into letting Artie to a new place because of everything that happened at the beginning of the season with the uh, with Vesuvio blowing up. Tony needs to do something for you to get his uh, to get his uh, guilt taken away. Yeah, he's more loyal to Artie than he is to almost anyone else. It's not directly even with people that are within the family. Do you think if Charmaine wasn't in the picture? Artie would take Tony up on his offers. Charmaine, the only thing keeping Artie away from... He's so annoying. He'd last like two days in there. He'd be hes be the butt of all the jokes if he was in there. He'd be, he'd be like... Except that he's Tony's boy. You That's know in Goodfellas, the guy with the wig? Yeah. You know, that they all make fun... Like, he'd be that guy, right. ultimately. Happy motherfucking holidays to you, broke black man. Good old soccer days, Sam. Yep. <laughs> Artie, Artie, this. oh sorry, and I don't want to, I don't want to rude, fuck it. It's so interesting his reaction in this scene when you think about the end of this episode. It shows how big of a fucking sick prick he is. Yo, that's too much. You're too old. 
Sorry, you're too old. To the people that in the live chat that know what I'm talking about, he's Marin fucking Trent. Just to give you guys a little uh, preview. He's... He's one of those married How sick is it, though, that they're taking, the, they're taking their daughter's soccer coach over to get free lap <laughs> to dances? To get free lap dances. Well, probably more than free lap dances, let's be honest. And then we have... Uh, the executive tour. Detective uh, Kevin McAllister's dad. Yeah. <laughs> what else is new? What else? My colleague over at Organized Crime Task Force. It's chatty after... Uh, this is one of those dudes I definitely do feel bad for as we see his storyline progress on yep. The Sopranos. Um, because... If Tony, if Tony was a little nice to him, a right. lot of shit would be different. Tony's such a dick to him, and he's—it's like he's t doing that relationship tactic of be shitty to the girl or the guy so that they keep coming back for you. But he also knows. I mean, Kevin McAllister's dad signed up for this. Mm -hmm. He knew when he got in debt to them that he's going to have to do this shit for them. Yeah, yeah, and but. And, and it's a great point. And Tony's the kind of guy that never lets you forget that. Oh, right. He'll never let you forget. He want to make you... He wanna, he'll rag on you if you're Dudley Do-Right, the cop. But a weird part of him respects that. Right, who's just doing his job he's and just doing, doing the right his thing. Job. Who's not a scumbag. Who has, who has like honor within his own code and right. follows it. Where this guy doesn't Where this guy that. doesn't. And that, and he's essentially a rat, but a cop rat. Right, and he'll take, he'll take the crumbs from him, but he'll still think he's a piece of shit right. rat. Not someone to trust. <laughs> William, sorry. Last one. Spoiler. That's why Benny didn't fight back with Artie because of Tony in a future episode. Good point, Richie. Benny, uh, Doogie Hauser's best friend there. In the, in the episode where Benny's hooks up with the, the, um, the hostess. That happened already? No, no, no. That's that, later. Right? But later. Okay. Later. He said spoiler. That's for a future episode. That's yeah. why... Benny didn't fight back with Artie. Melvoin, his lawyer, that eventually just disappears. He has a heart attack or something where Junior goes through a lot of shit. <laughs> First couple of seasons, no one had one-liners. Even better than Tony for me, even better than Pussy, Christopher. Junior killed it for yeah. me at the beginning. I'd be happy to surrender he was such a get. I mean, coming from The Godfather to... Yes, thank you. The the Serbian hostess says uh, Kapalumak. I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> pretty good job, Nibs. <laughs> but yeah, Junior's hilarious. Okay. This part always confused me a little bit because as we get into what happens in the episode, we never actually see the moment where it gets told. The, you know, we don't hear someone... I want to, I want to look for that on this watch through. When, uh, when she spills the beans? When she spills the beans. We don't, we don't, I don't know if we do. We don't really see the moment. I think the point is that she's been saying it all over the time. So let's get into the big theme of this episode with, in a lot of ways. And it's not a Mikey's a dick. That's the big theme of the episode. Mikey is a is. super dick, dude. How is he still alive right now? <laughs> was his dad connected or something like that? Or he always kissed Junior's ass? I'm sorry, Mikey. You're a good boy. Boca's one of my favorite episodes. Junior Soprano says Kate Williams.
Junior is nasty though, isn't he? No, Junior's actually a very respectful guy. If you're drinking in the middle of the woods, why do you have paper bags on your 40s? Style. Oh, I get it. It's especially in this time period, you needed, the 40 needs yes. to have the paper bag. You're right. You're it's, right. It's part of the uniform. <laughs> so, okay, we're, getting, we're about to get into the, the gist of the episode here. One of the gist of the episode. But what I was going to say is, oh, I'll let Junior say it in the scene when we get to it. I won't spoil Junior explaining it, but there's a, this episode centers around a sexual activity that gets deemed improper for mafia people. And our soccer hero cutting her wrists. People say Phil sipping that wine like motherfucking Cersei. Technically, Matt, you want to explain what this shit is? It's not actually wine. <sighs> Phil is having his first uh, Belgian-style quadruple ale, which is a um, dark and looks like wine, if you don't know. And it kind of smells like it. smells like dark fruits, like currants and stuff. Thank you. <laughs> but I am thinking about taking down my enemies like Cersei. And I rain fire down upon thee. Huge center of the series, you know, the Milfi and Tony moments. It's all leading up. I think in these moments in the episode, it's it's sparse because it's leading up to the end of the season. One last quick thing that happened in the last yeah. episode oh, uh, about Maltesante too was her family, her ex-husband, and her mm, parents trying yeah. to talk her out of having... He, she doesn't say she has Tony, but someone involved with the mafia... Uh, is who, who her client is, and they keep trying to tell her that she shouldn't be with them and pass them off to someone else. Okay, that stuff's going to my head really quick. I'm drinking it. It tastes too good. I actually really like that shit. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. That it's shit, probably that's very dangerous. high percent alcohol, too. Yeah, it's like 11.6 or some crap oh, yeah, like that. Don't mess around with that. Though. Okay, I'm done. Phil's so fancy, he already knows it. I do sip with my pinky up. Yeah. I do sip with my pinky up. It's annoying. <laughs> But I do still shop for my clothes at Salvation Army. <laughs> this is Junior's girlfriend, who he's very, very flirty with. As I mentioned earlier, this is the only time in the series, unless I'm forgetting something, that we ever see Junior have a romantic-like yeah. relationship. No. When he is later on, there's an old woman that that comes to his house all the time, like a friend of someone that died that like tries to pick him up, but she has something wrong with her feet, and he like is like, I'm not attracted to her. Yeah, this woman was obviously like hot at one point when she was younger. Great to see you, Charles Wilson. Thank you for joining us today to watch the Soprano episode as Livia starts putting the pieces together. This is actually a re a really important moment. And she. She does a really amazing manipulation tactic where she says nice things and forces you to like feel uncomfortable and disclose shit. Tony has also stored any uh, not paraphernalia, but money, money and guns in her room, and she doesn't know it. Okay, so Livia's starting to realize, and we're starting to see that it seems like all the mafioso guys in Tony's crew are 
are setting up shop here, are moving their mothers into Green Grove. And uh-oh. He's le I don't want to read, and if anyone doesn't want to read, it or can't see it because of, of the mirror, it basically says that the coach is leaving. He's decided to take a really high-paying job at Rhode Island, and, and after he just basically told all the guys at the Butta Bing that he wasn't leaving, he wasn't going anywhere, he was, stay he was staying for the championship. So here comes Silvio and Artie. Artie, tough guy Buco. Tough, tough guy Buco. Oh, this is the only episode where Charmaine and Artie's daughter appear, and she's uncredited. Art. Art. <laughs> You're breaking my heart. What a dick. Well, you haven't heard ours yet. Hey, come on, sir. Do you really say that to them? I have a family, too. I happen to have a daughter who loves playing soccer very much. Are you just kidding about the office? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Hey, nobody blew a whistle. Let's not get lazy out here. Come on. Ooh. Have you ever had a student say that to you? Oh, yeah. This is Lynn, though. It's not here. <laughs> not here in the 90s. Did you ever say that to a teacher when you were in high oh, school? Oh, God, no. I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> Only one I said that to. And it was... What it was, happened when you said it? I was on my way out. It was like... It was in that, in that year that I got oh, kicked out. All right. And it was Torgler. He, he told... He was like, You scumbag, get off the fucking campus. You're a fucking... You drug addict well, I wouldn't loser. say that to someone either. I'd lose my job. And I turn to him, I go, you're a fucking asshole, piece of shit. And he, he like, was. And he pushed me like that. And, and he would have made an excellent soccer coach yeah, here because he of what he did with those girls. Dude, I went... That, whatever. But, uh, but that, guy, that guy was awesome. I, I remember Megan Manning. Shout out to Megan Manning. Seeing that. And she freaked out. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're a fucking asshole. But yeah, I was on my way out. That was like a week before I got expelled. Last Sun, we've been doing The Sopranos. We started doing The Sopranos last year, and we sort of ran into a time commitment thing. But Yeah, I sucked and couldn't commit. That, well, well, okay. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> not arguing with me. Matt, no. No, Lotus, no. Now you've scared Lotus. Lotus is coming up to make sure Matt knows it's okay. She's like, Matt. Oh, <laughs> Lotus, stop, stop messing with the microphone. Lotus. Will you kiss me down there? I know. The, the angle of the camera looks like Lotus is servicing you. Yeah, she's kissing me down there. I don't want that. It looks like a party. <laughs> Aww. So, yeah, Uncle Junior's in bed. Here we go. Let's get She it. just asked him to go down on him if anyone didn't hear that. Philly touched you. Phil, you should have sued and you'd be living motherfucking royalty. I wish I did. It, it was not something that occurred to me at the time. He was actually probably the most wealthy teacher in the school, too. Yeah, he drove around that fucking ridiculous car. He owned the marina in Beverly. Yeah. He's such a dick. What's so terrible about 
Well, yeah, Lotus took over the show. Okay, so here it is. We always have to talk about everything. Junior gives great head. Junior Junior is amazing at going down on this girl. That nose? Oh. That nose, that everything. He gets way into it. She loves it. That bald head to that grab That bald head, yeah. He says, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, no. You can't do it. No guy, no mafia boss could be known to do that. And she's like, why? And he says that they mean it's, you know, if you lick pussy, you'll lick anything. <laughs> come on, come on. Whoa, oh shit, what the fuck am I, what the fuck's going on? So I'm rewinding it a little bit back to this scene, back to the beginning of the next scene. I fucked it all up! Turn up just a little bit. Cool. Oh, I'll turn up a lot. No, I, I gotta go pick up Carmel anyway. She had her sisters. Let me ask you a question. Why does your wife hate me? Charmaine doesn't hate you. Do you really want to know, Tony? <laughs> yeah, you lie like I played a French horn. Why? Who the fuck is over here? We're gonna cap at a nice restaurant like this. This is a funny scene, too. And That's one of the things I hate the most. Tony me. does stuff like this all the time. And I think this unfortunately influences me in life, where I do shit like this. When I see someone double parked, I'll like give them the like the Tony look. Oh. Someone's just parked in front of a dry cleaner. People like, cutting lines. Cutting lines. Like, and I don't, I don't oh, at supermarkets when you're at the point and no. there's the two registers in front and people cut around the big line to go down. I fuck it, dude. I am such an asshole in those moments. I'm gonna get myself fucking punched one of these days. I'm just such a prick. But I figure I have the whole the li line behind me on my yes. side. Excuse me? They don't sell hot dogs here. They took the bleaches out two years ago. It's my hat. I'll wear it. Yes, uh, uh, the, Frank, I have. We've, we've, we both have seen this show a ton of times. And this is Matt. He was saying, I, he's saying I didn't know your name. Oh, yeah. And, and this is Lotus. Yeah, this is Matt. And definitely and trying to hunt me. <laughs> oh, fuck. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Tony. Oh, Frank Sabaka. Is that is that from us, our buddy from season two of The Wire? <laughs> no, I remember you doing that. <laughs> and hello, Lotus. And then, of course, Tony buys their drinks. Tony always thinking, looking around, and that's and already giving him that look. Like that's why I don't want to be a fucking business with you. Oh my God, she's literally she just like her tongue went deep in my ear. <laughs> Lotus. Yeah. Hi. Tony, look who's here. All good, Frank. Good to see you right now. Come on, come on. You feel better? Yeah. I always thought this scene was weird too when I watched it as a kid. No shit. Pardon my French there. Are you sure, really? Yeah, I, I had a long talk Whoa. with Coach Hauser. And... <laughs> I'm gonna play. That's all. No. Just said she wanted to. Lotus. Lotus. No one misses a 
Uh, and this is part of Tony, like, being, like, a high school football player and stuff. He has to, like, win. He's still super competitive as an athlete. Yep. Regardless of what sport it is or what situation yeah. it is, he has to win. He wants to win. <laughs> Lotus. That's why AJ is such a friggin' disappointment. Yeah, and he, sa- he says that in this episode, too. I'm only into girl soccer because my one son's a couch potato. What yeah. the fuck are you going to do? But, yeah, are they listening to Morphine? They certainly are listening to Morphine. <laughs> they certainly are listening to Morphine. R.I.P. Brad Sands as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One of the. I remember one of the most unique bands I've ever heard. Yeah. And I remember. And a Boston band. Too. A Boston band. Uh, Dana Colley, who played with. Yeah, played on your 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 my cousin's, cousin's band. band. Cousin's yeah, band wow. for a little bit. Um, for for an album. Play. I remember talking to our friend Elia and him not believing me that he played two saxophones at once. Sometimes he's like, "No one can do that. That's ridiculous." And then we went to see them live, and Elia's like. Fuck, you know, just gave that look like it's rare to see Elia get rationalization about being wrong. <laughs> so she te- she keeps teasing Junior. Why is she obsessed with telling people how good he is at oral? Because she doesn't get. She, does he? Okay, in this type of situation, is it her fault for being so aloof about this? Or is Junior? Do you think Junior's doing a good enough job telling her? Listen, you say that I'm fucking dead. Dead. Should he be more direct it's about tough it? Tough because look at look at how much fun they're both having right now. There is no other time when Junior is this happy with anyone yeah. in the whole show. It's true for both of them, and she's like a permanent guma too. But that's her life. Yeah, to the point where they she's call- old. She's not a young girl who's just hooking up with someone. To like, the point where they call her is. aunt. Oh, here is everyone's favorite Polly Walnuts in a great scene, small but great. <laughs> Polly in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> he just cracks me up. Hey, Drew. Great to see you, buddy. I'm so glad you're popping on in. So glad to anyone that's popping on in and checking this out along the way, whether live or later. Polly. <laughs> Classic Polly. Oh my god, dude! And again, I don't want to ruin the break because I know there's some people in the chat that haven't seen this episode and don't know where this is going. But, dude, what is he doing? What is this guy doing? Exactly, what is he doing? Does he just does he just think is he power hungry or does he just think he can't? Or is he falling? You know what I mean? Like he, re- he's like digging a hole for himself because he realizes what kind of a fucked up person he is. Yeah, it's like a Belgian quadruple ale or something. Okay, so this I think is the scene where she tells her to yeah. not do it. But I always wondered if it's that woman in the back that. Because because th- we immediately transition from this to one of my favorite scenes of Carmela ever. In, in uh, at the dinner table where she can't stop. I haven't laughing. seen this in years. You've, this is amazing that I'm watching this right now. Sex lives. I think it would be better if we didn't anymore. Okay. I mean it. Sure. Just you're lucky. That's all. Hmm. I guess it's too late. Was is that a? It's a too late look because it's not yeah. clear. It immediately goes to this. Okay. What time? This metal soccer team is going to the sectionals. 
Phil has such a hard on for Livia. It's not oh, even dude. funny. Oh, she fucking. Uh, I have nightmares about her weaving a gun in my face like on Cheers. Junior. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Tony picks up on this right away. Carmela, look, she looks so cute in this scene to me. You believe that was a piranha? That woman is not your aunt. Olivia, I warned you, it's not that she. Bobby's a sweet, sweet girl. <laughs> sweet girl. It's quite for yours. She's got the giggles. Anything broke. There's a lot of uh, different rooms set up. Jump on in. Say hi to some of the folks in there. It's there's different rooms for different shows. And hey, Johnny the Irish Wildling. Lots of love to you, my friend. <laughs> Just a little suicidal, <laughs> Just suicidal gesture. <laughs> Go ahead, honey. <laughs> What? Yeah, Junior's like. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that at this point, Junior and Tony don't have any issues. You know, they're very cool with each other. No, and as far as Livia's concerned, I think that, I think that Junior just feels such a debt to his his brother that right. he has to take care of her and be nice to her and do all this stuff. He knows, her. and they make sure they show you on several points in time throughout the season. Junior knows what kind of person Livia is. Right. But he also, his brother was also his hero at the same time. Right, so he thinks if he had her in his ear, I have to have her in my ear too if yeah. I want to be like my brother. No, we haven't done Pine Barrens yet, Drew. You better not get in that coach's face. Come on, A scene that we don't see often later in the series with them like really having fun and loving each other. Here we go. Your uncle... No, I can't. I shouldn't say. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Well, let's just say your uncle has acquired a taste for her. Uncle June gives head. World class. The old man's whistling through the wheat fields. Whistling through the wheat fields. Oh, he's a bushman of the Kamahara. A bushman of the Kamahara. Okay, so Tony's instinct is not to let it get out. But something that you point. <laughs> so Tony gives head once a year. Once a year. Once a year. That's excusable. It's like whatever you do when you're in the can with other guys is excusable. Right. right. It's a, it's on her birthday. It's a birthday present. Right. She demands it. But Tony, the way he's thinking right there, you can see the wheels move, turning. Like, I, now I have right. a trump card against Junior, but I can't use that. That's going too deep. But he doesn't, you know, if Junior ever pisses me off, I have this in my back pocket. But ultimately, it connects to something you always say about Tony. But ultimately, Tony's immaturity gets the best of him, where we're about to see later in the episode. Yeah. Uncle June gives head. <laughs> I fucking hate Charmaine. Like, I get what she's saying, but she's always yelling. She never looks happy. She's, she's miserable. They tried bribing 
this man. Stop yelling. What's next? Always with the extreme scenarios. <laughs> Come on, Asa, tell me what's next. You grew up in the neighborhood. Don't pretend like you don't know what Tony Soprano. Lots of love to you, Johnny the Irish Wildling. Hope you get hope you win your appeal and everything for the channel. Checks out, buddy. Lots of love. And again, huge thanks for Final Fantasy. I'm having a great time playing it, buddy. Mwah. Love, Johnny the Irish Wildman. Golden Retriever? Blue Nylon Collar? Johnny, who is it? Evening, man. Yeah, and they fucking take his dog? He has our dog. He has our dog. Where is Petey? He's locked in. Yeah, come get him. We don't want Petey to get hit by him. Christopher. Love it. And especially coming off the last episode with Christopher, it's good to see him. They poked his head in this episode. Definitely in future seasons, he becomes our second or one of our top three leads with Carmella and Tony. And he's great at it. They, they're, he's, he's amazing in this. The whole show. <laughs> that's some great foreshadowing. That's some great foreshadowing right there. <laughs> Christopher, my dog! You sat on my dog! Who touched a dog? Okay, here we go. Is this where it comes up? Yeah, this is where it comes up. Okay, so. That's what she said? You? Yep, so this is where we find out why the coach is. What's really wrong here? How do I not know what any of that stuff on her wall is? Ghani? Are they made up? And I see this coach trying to abandon his team, and I see your friends getting all worked up, so I try to do something about it. Is that why you think we're so upset, Dad? Because if Coach Roosevelt can't even stand his leaving? So what, what difference does that make? Okay, you don't so, have to love him so, to be successful? Meadow's the only person that can challenge Tony mentally in the family, like really come at him. So he's, he's going back and forth with her, and she's trying to tell him without, not telling him, and then she just says it. That's why she cut herself. That's why they're practically They had sex. Yeah, Tony. What? What? Maybe. Me. Is he going to pass out? Yeah, he looks like it. Meadow's like, fuck. Meadow knows exactly what she did to him. Serious accusation. What exactly did Allie say? Did they have sex? More than once? Did she not a virgin anymore? F Tony. Tony is exactly the audience right now. What? Pretty girl. Maybe there was. Maybe there was some confusion. Maybe. <laughs> what? The confusion. Confusion, Tony. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Meadow's like, Dad. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Carmela. Yeah, what the fuck, Tony? Girl that age, Coach should not have been in any position where there's even a remote possibility of confusion. Bam. Yeah, Tony, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Adults are talking here, Tony. Go do what you do. God, now what did I do? You know exactly what you did, Meadow. That's a load of shit. Well, she has to do it, though. She has to do it, but... She knows we what kind of man her father is. And she no. knows what's going to happen to him. Right. No, 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 he didn't touch you, right? No. So, okay, this goes back to what we're... Now to go back to what we were saying all episode. Sorry, Lisa Loeb on the left. We know one Okay, we do know Lisa Loeb. Oh, yeah, Lisa Loeb, totally. But he refused to butt a Bing girl. That's what I meant with that joke I said right. earlier. Because 
He's involved with a fucking 15-year-old. And... Well, plausible deniability. If he turned down the Bada Bing girl, he could say, well, what do you mean? That's made up. I never did that. Exactly. So he's leaving town probably because it got in too deep. Of course. to leave town. So it all make it all starts in to come together deep, at this I point. See what you did there. Yep, Sam yeah. says just a, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pause this for a second if I can find the controller. Yes, Sam. That's why that's why you said you lost your lunch earlier in the joke. The joke had foreshadowing bullshit because yes, in fact, the soccer coach was banging one of the fucking soccer. No, girls. no, the star the player soccer, on the team, the one that cut her wrists earlier yeah. in the episode, and who was the best player, the one that scored that point earlier. So they're trying to make him stay while he's trying to leave and probably cover his tracks and just wash his hands of the situation and get the hell out of there. Even even not not that the not just touching her is not as bad, but even to the point where she's telling this little girl that he wants to leave his wife to be with her. Like he's he's Or at least that's what she's saying. Then why is he said. leaving then? Take her with him? Yeah, maybe maybe oh. ooh, but that's why she started to kill herself because she found out he was leaving. He probably was telling her whatever he needed to or tell her. Or is she traumatized? So is she in love with him then? I think she's in love with him. She yeah. is in love with him. Yeah, that's what Meadow says in that scene. She's in love with she's him. She's in love with him. him. She, he, he, she, said, he said he's gonna leave his wife and blah blah blah. Leave it and Carmel goes, Leave his wife? What the fuck? So yeah, Sam, that's some ridiculous shit. <laughs> Reagan Ridford, yep. Oh my god, that brings me back to his uh track where the head had uh, girls coach tried to get with all the captains. Yep. The high school track high school track where your head coach tried to get with all the captains. That's fucking sick. Speaking of which, the teacher I was talking about earlier that pushed me was known to flirt with some of the seniors, the uh, the past 18-year-old seniors still in the school. Like the hottest ones in the school, too, though. Yeah. There was like that whole rumor with her, him and that girl our freshman year. He fucked little Allie Vandermeer. <laughs> it's not funny, but the way Sylvia says yeah. it. Yeah. Fucked. Fucked? Next to Pauly, Sylvia has the best deliveries in some of the Oh, shows. sorry about that. Regan, not Reagan. Regan Ridford. My daughter should have to think about that film. Thank you, my friend. No. No. That self-righteous prick put his dick in my little girl's soccer teammate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> For sake. Oh my fucking god. The way he says it too, the way Silvio breaks shit down, it's just so true though. Yes. He deserves to die. Betraying children? Buddy, believe me, he ain't gonna be doing that shit no more. I guarantee you that. He deserves to die. Look at Artie being. Look at Artie, yeah, tough guy. And I love how Artie And if, for those who haven't seen this episode. Artie gets turned out later on. We all find out the kind of man Artie is later on in the episode. Yeah, and in the in the series. And Artie thinks that. Oh yeah, he does. Uh, Artie's just like he's afraid of that side of his personality. Really, when it comes down to it. Right. Nobody told you to put my nephew under surveillance. But. I know, Junior. I know. I don't know. We're, we'll get into this at the end of the episode, but it's very. Artie thinks he's responsible for what's happening, and in a way, he does. Artie is the gas and the. The breaks on this whole situation because who knows what Tony would have done if Artie didn't say that. But you see the look on Tony's face. Even Artie thinks we should kill this guy. There's no question. This guy should die. Right. Mikey has been tracking Tony and he sees him going to his therapy sessions every week. And he thinks he's talking to the feds. And Junior's trying to talk around it because he's trying to protect Tony's secret. And here we go. How you feel? Gomez is bad. You shan't it, Phil. I still got the coach on my mind. 
We got fresh air. We got sunshine. We got a beautiful day. Forget about that shit. Thank God for golf some days. Trying to concentrate here. Shut up, Mikey. Shut the fuck up, Mikey. Mikey, you're a fucking you go piece of shit. Fucking manners, please. Dude. Like, seriously, if I was, if I was Tony, I would have... Like, I see why he beat the shit out of Mikey. Will you let the man pee off? You got worse than six barbers. If you'd have shut up doing that game against Martin Lakes, you wouldn't have missed that fucking fly wall. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Love it. Stick it to him, Junior. <laughs> He brings up high school sports. <laughs> he knows it gets to Tony. Now look at look how fucked up Tony is right now. He looks like when he found out the coach just banged the girl. That's the same look he had. And then his- the confused, his eyes get sort of wobbly for a second. He's like, what the fuck? How do I process this? No one talks shit to me. <laughs> and then immaturity gets the best of him. Junior's in the moth. Oh, did I say moth? I'm a rough. Oh, fucking Tony. What's that smell? <laughs> you guys go to a sushi bar? Oh, my God. What are you talking about? Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you were a bakala, man, Uncle Joe. What are you doing eating sushi? Oh, Tony Major breaking balls, Richie. Well, Junior did this to himself, though, at the high school. Club. William, have a good night. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, listen, my friend. At least I can deal with my own problems. Unlike some I know. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. Don't bullshit with me. Yeah, so Junior's like, listen, you want to you wanna fuck about And this starts the war. Yeah. Right? This and will- Junior's secret is a fuck of a lot bigger. Like, what he has on Tony is so much bigger yeah. than him eating pussy. Eating but pussy. Like, people would just, they, they'd shit on Junior. Right. But ultimately, it comes down to, okay, Junior just loses some balls. Right. Like, Tony, it goes. That's, that, that's like you're unfit to lead at right. that point. And you get it in the next scene when you get, there's a scene between Mikey and Junior coming up that basically verbalizes all of that. But Tony can't help but break balls. He should have just bit his tongue in that situation. Junior just... Yeah, but, but, but Junior also knew that making a crack about him missing a fly ball would be like, we're going to fucking do that to him. <laughs> yeah, it would kill him, dude. It would fucking kill him. Something going on, Artie? Mm. Your mom's afraid to do something crazy? You're fucking right. It starts changing flavors. It tastes even more whiny. If I had any balls... The warmer it gets. I would do it myself. Arthur, you do have balls. That's why you're not like him. Fuck it. Fuck the world. Don't ask obnoxious. I'm just smelling it. I am drinking a Belgian triple ale of some sort, and Matt is drinking... It's a quad ale. Quad ale, thank you. And Matt is drinking... From a guy in Western Mass that made it, so it has nothing to do with the traditional style. I'm drinking a Congress Street IPA from Trillium in Boston. Mm. What a child molesting fuck. Trusted me. I'd like to rip his heart out of his chest. Jesus Christ, Arthur, you know, I cannot believe you only think about yourself. Myself? Hmm. Myself? Where I do you come down on this? Would you would you have do you agree with Artie like like or do you agree with Charmaine in this situation? Like what? Like do you think this guy deserves to die? Is the legal system good enough for him? Or in this universe, does this guy need to be taken care of? It's hard. Uh, it's hard. It's definitely like if it's my little sister, that's like different than if it's right. Another if it's, per, you know. it's another person. Uh, I don't know what he was talking about. He, uh, he babbles. Uh, what was that? Or is being in prison and getting fucking destroyed in prison because even in prison, they're like child fucking douchebags get the fucking crap beat out of them. 
The problem with that is that the girl then has to be subjected to the entire legal right, process. Right, the legal process. You, it, it, that's something that doesn't even get thought about in this process. Right. My nephew is seeing a psychiatrist. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's out there now. Indictment's being prepared. He's spilling his guts. Fucking knew it. No, you didn't fucking know it. Mikey's such a tool. Mikey. Mikey's such a tool. Yeah, because he's one of those guys that's like, oh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. No, you didn't. He's probably the least likable character in this entire show. That stuff's not admissible. Yeah, I'd say I was thinking Richie, but Richie at least has some likability. Uh, Ralphie at some points too. There's Janice. Ralphie at his worst is unlikable. Really Janice. Right? Janice is too. Janice. Do you remember those two fucking Escobedo brothers who went to fucking California? They whacked their parents. So okay, this is a point that Junior makes. Mikey tries to actually defend Tony. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it for one second. Mikey in this yeah, we're moment here talking about yeah. who's unlikable. Mikey in this moment is Junior tells Mikey what happened and that Tony's talking to a psychiatrist. Mikey basically says, "Okay, he's talking to a psychiatrist. That's shitty, but that, that's patient confidentiality. You know, right. patient doctor confidentiality, like us with Mel Voin when we're talking to the lawyer." And Junior corrects him and says, "Fuck you, no." Like those Menendez brothers, I forget what he calls them in the show, but he basically yeah. it's the Menendez brothers, that the brothers that killed their fucking mother and shit. Their fucking shrink was on the stand. If they want to put your shrink on the stand, they'll right. find ways to do it. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Sam, who's in the live chat, is studying to be a lawyer. She probably could offer more realistic, uh, realistic uh, knowledge on the subject. On if there are times when a doctor. Well, the same thing has come up even with clergy at different points. Where like, yeah, with people like, if they know they're committing a crime, do they? Yeah. Can you call? Can you call? Or them if to the they're stand? saying they're going to commit a crime, where does it? You know. Exactly. So, uh, so maybe Sam at some point can offer us up some uh, some perspective on that from a legal standpoint, or we can look into it a little bit. But I I do think Junior's right. If they want them on the stand, they're going to get them on the stand somehow. Right. Because they can get it to the point of, well, what did he tell you? They can get around, did he tell you anything outside of your role as being his therapist and all right. sorts of other stuff Exactly. Like what would you say before the meetings? What did you right. say after, before the sessions actually started? Have you had any, like, has anything like this happened? Has, you know... There's a way to work around a lot of stuff. People were asking what everyone else is drinking in the, in the live chat. Regan is drinking rum and coke. Sam's drinking bubbly water. We got Charles drinking 7-Up and some vodka. Mm-hmm. I've been actually really liking, Spr like, Sprite and vodka, 7-Up and vodka. Yeah, you guys know it's 4 in the afternoon, right? This is <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad everyone's hey, doing dude, it. Hey, what are we doing? I, listen, I know. Sam, the question is, if somebody, if somebody wants, like, if it's a murder case, if it's a high, high murder case or something like that, or a big mafia case, can, are there some scenarios where a doctor, where a psychiatrist can be brought in to testify against someone? You might not even, I mean, you might have got, got to this point or something like that, but uh, I, because it's often said that, you know, a, a white, they, yeah, and can they be brought on stand, even if it's, like, is there a way to get them up there where it's not breaking confidentiality, but can still try to get them to testify in some way, shape, or form? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically like that. If you have any insight on that. If not, no worries. That's but. Junior's concern right now, is that there's a way that they'd be able to bring Melfi up if they wanted to with the indictment. Right. So, exactly. And the point of the show, it's because now everyone's knowing that Tony's going to a psychiatrist, and the, they're talking about whether it's possible for her to be called up to the stand to testify against Tony in a big Rico kind of case. Yeah, and, and their fear, which is completely unfounded, is that Tony is telling... Her, her secrets. Her all sorts of stuff about the family, when in actuality, he's there bitching about uh, the ducks and him his, his passing mother. out, which yeah. I don't think... Does anyone know at this point is that he's having those nervous attacks or not? 
Mm, no, I don't think so. No one except like passed out a few times, or they they know the first time because I think the first time in the first episode, some of those guys are at the hospital with them. And There's stuff a like response that. from Sam. They can be called in, but the defendant lawyer will look to block a lot of the questions under confidentiality. Okay, okay. so Junior is right essentially that if they want them there, they can get them up there. But then it would be a matter of what the better lawyers are arguing right. how much could get through in the actual right. court. If case. you're dealing with a RICO case and like a big federal thing, and it with could the, be and with the way that mafia they think essentially as we see especially in casino or in goodfellas and stuff like that the way that they think is cut all ties why even have that one percent chance when in actuality tony's not talking about anything they do and never mentions any of the crimes that they actually commit exactly and sam says but they can testify as to observations during their meetings as professionals that's what you were were just saying a second ago awesome thank you so much for that legal insight sam our legal expert uh (laughs) in the live chat so uh, live motherfucking chat so let's get back into this episode I taught him games. I taught him games. I taught him how to play baseball. <laughs> I love Junior so much. A lot of wife beaters in this episode. Yeah. Not clipping him? A lot of wife beaters. I wrist if I did. So this is where t- Junior broaches the topic. These guys in prison that have done half the damage this prick has. The judicial system has gotten much better in dealing with sexual predators. Oh, yeah. And I want to say Milfi keeps saying several times, you can't... T- this person, you- I must warn right here. Of my duty yeah. to alert law enforcement. Yeah. I don't know why I tell you anything. But I does she... She never does it. I feel punishing this man falls upon you. Well, it sure doesn't fall upon you. What do you mean? I think I have this to a certain extent. And I think... It's some judge who give him psychiatric counseling. So maybe to talk about his unhappy childhood. This is such a great Tony rant. And we can have sympathy for the fuck. Because he's a real victim here, right? Don't <laughs> you do? You stick your head in the sand. She knows he's right. You do. Discredit psychology all you want. But I continue to ask the question. Why do you think you, Anthony Soprano, always has to set things right? Yep. Do you feel that way sometimes in like oh, in your circle? And I think everybody that I think the bigger in a weird way it's, it has to do with ego and shit yeah. too. But but I feel that way too. I feel like I, if I'm in a room full of people and it's quiet and sort of like whatever, I feel like I have to be the one entertaining people. I don't know why, but I feel like I have to break the ice, say really outrageously stupid shit, and like be the talkative one. Listen, if I, if if we were somewhere, if we were at a party and some guy was being a dick to one of the girls there that I knew. The guy we don't know particularly. Yes, I would take it upon myself yeah. to like. Yeah, you would. I've seen you do it. Fix that situation. I've seen you do it. it yes. Yeah. I remember glorious. One of our friends, let's call him Jay, was having a fight with his girlfriend R at let's say I's house, and you and I. Well, that was stepped different. In, stepped hardcore into the situation. No, but beyond what all that other situation had, like just the way he was talking to her, you guys stepped in, or at least I did. You had nothing to do with it. I forgot about that other aspect of that story until you just said that. Like I told, I honestly, honestly forgot about. Yeah, that. that was a big deal for other. Reasons. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal for I other reasons. I was thinking of with Augustine one night over the same <laughs> similar. Oh, stuff with the pictures and stuff when he was showing everyone the pictures. And he was just doing weird stuff yeah. to the girls. Yeah, as and that was. Oh, let's focus on this. Yeah, let's focus on this. <laughs> oh, Joe and I have often talked that we we have to do a story time podcast. We have way too many. Like, right, right. <laughs> start all over again. Yep. So Artie's coming to Tony telling him we can't kill him. It's wrong. And Tony's basically trying to give him the same argument that Milfi gave him. I mean, Artie's trying to give him the same argument. And the problem is that girl has like a broken family. She has a messed up family. They might might not be anyone there to take this guy to court. Silvio and me and whoever. It's just going to make us feel better. 
So don't even think about calling this justice. Leave it to the cops. Do you think I already make some good points? Let me ask you a question. And I'm not talking about in Soprano universe. Do you think Artie's making good points? It'll only make them feel better. Yeah, but I think a lot of revenge is that. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. But does that make revenge always the wrong, the wrong course of action? Even though it is to make you feel better, in some situations, is revenge the best, best option? But see, but, but to a lot of guys like Tony here, he considers the fact, it's almost, the fact that the guy is willing to have sex with a girl knowing that all these overprotective guys are on the team is somehow almost a slight to them. Yeah. He, that's, that's the alpha male thing with it. When a guy, when you're at a bar and a guy comes up and says something messed up to like a female friend of yours there, the girl says something back or run, they don't even, they, it's not even that he said something to the girl. It's like, you're doing it while I'm here. Like, you know that this is a, like he it's came, a slight to him. He came into the butt of bank. He knows who right. we are. Yeah. He know, right, he knows, he knows who the fuck we are yeah. and he's still gonna pull us in yeah. front of us. He's still gonna say fuck you to the TV. He's still, right. gonna, he's gonna do all of that. Oh yes, we're on. Is this the Willow review? <laughs> As Tony sits there and the music is so dated here right now. Wonders about Mad Mardigan and whether he should. Uh... Yes, Tony should kill him. I like it. Yeah, silly rabbit. I'm with you kill there. Kill him or like cut his balls off or something. Okay, yeah, maybe not kill him, but definitely cut his balls off. Oh, one ball at least. Like <laughs> revenge. That is right. Revenge that is right is called justice. Good, good. That's actually a very good way of saying yeah. it. Because ultimately, all punishment is a sense of a revenge. It's just the yeah. And if they and if we and if they lived in some like oh no, hold on, we have to watch this. Oh shit. So okay, so Junior has found out that it got out, and Junior promised that this would happen, and unfortunately, I feel so bad for both of them in this situation. Did I tell you to keep your mouth shut? It's so hard. This is so hard to watch. And he can't because he loves her. He legitimately loves her, but he can't be with her anymore because it's out there and he has to say at least when she broke his honor that he embarrassed her. <laughs> Silly Rabbit says, no, not balls. Kill. Kill. Oh. What don't you understand? I mean, he probably you just smashed the cake, you could probably still get with her, Junior. No. And No, and that's and that does suck for Corrado, because that's honestly the happiest you ever see him yeah. in the entire show. Look at him. It's him with her down there. And that look is very, like, he's conflicted about it, but in his world, he had to do that. Yeah. Paulie is the only guy that never had a wife or girlfriend even less than him. Yeah. He's a guma, but, like, that seemed like it was a genuine, like, love that those two had yeah. for each other. Yeah, they, that they've been together. Like, And I mentioned this before, long enough that AJ and and Meadow get presents from her right. and call Called her auntie. Whatever, yeah. Junior Jimmy Cackney moments. Okay, so Tony decided not to do it. He called, told Silvio not to do it in the situation. Silvio pissed off, sent in the cops, and there he is doing the march as Tony gets shit-faced. Which yeah, leads it's one of those times, though, where Tony has to make that tough decision and almost, and he always ends it with like a drink or like, yeah. And there's a scene like this. Which this is, it was hard for him to not go kill him. Yep. That's not easy for him nope. to do. 
No, it's against nature. And Ari made a good point to him, and he and Tony is shit faced. Gandolfini plays drunk really well. I love when Tony gets this drunk. <laughs> Classic fucking Tony Soprano. Classic Tony breathing. Yep. <laughs> oh, he mixed the pills. Looks like Christmas night, says Silly Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, me too. Looked like Christmas Eve night for me at Foxwoods. I was stumbling around the casino. Hmm. I love how their house is so glitzy that they have one of those like uh, balcony things that you can look at both sides. It's like a it's a bridge, yeah. <laughs> so you can just cross it's, over. Yeah, and it's so just like. Italian mafioso over the top in the way that they do yeah, it. They, they call it on the show a couple of times Guinea Gulch yeah. or something like that. <laughs> you they should have let a fart out too. Tony's like, oh, get, get in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the end of our episode of, of uh, Boca, which one of my favorite episodes of season one. It's right in there and I think we're really starting to pick up on season one where a lot which the episodes start getting better. And, and you're seeing Tony owning the character. I mean, Gandolfini owning this character at this point, mm-hmm. where he's dealing with shit. And This next episode that we're going to watch, though, uh, is not one of my favorite episodes of the season. Oh, my God. This is awful. I didn't even know what this was. Yeah, this, this is, is awful. The... Yeah, this is what we're about to get into our next episode. Yeah, episode I was 10. the white man's nigger. Yeah, 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 that whole line. Yeah, a hit is a hit is we're going to get into, which is going to be the whole... Uh, Beach and all that sort of shit. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get all into also it. some of the worst musical moments of the entire Sopranos uh, series, like when that when she plays that band, isn't the one with her friends banding mm-hmm. or something like that. And what's crazy is that Adriana's already this part big of a part of the show. In the first episode or two, she was just the hostess. She yep. wasn't even credited in the beginning. They just like the way just... she, they like the way she looks so much. They have to keep going. Yeah, and she's uh, she's perfect in the role. Yeah, this she's episode su- this episode sucks for so many reasons. But it's good. Let's get it out of the way here. We're we're, uh, we're gonna take a quick bath. bath yeah, yeah. Go, no, take take a quick bathroom break, and uh, you can talk about all those shows that I don't watch on the other. <laughs> I can do a quick break about about commercials. Uh, could you grab my? My uh, drink when you're in there as well. Oh, the rest of the bottle, I guess. Yeah, or uh, ju- just pour it yeah, you can just fill, fill me, uh, top me off a little bit today. Uh, I see. Says if I were the Sopranos were made today, there would only be ten episodes per season. It seems many shows are going that way right now, especially on HBO. Why is this episode so bad? Before we get oh, into shit, get what? Yeah, out of the fridge, it like. Oh, it did. Fuck. Ah, it um, I'll come in there in a second and clean it up once you once you come back. So, uh, yeah, I think so. I think part of it's budgetary reasons that they do that. And for why this episode isn't my favorite episode, I don't like, I don't like this episode as much because of the storyline is a little, um, I won't say dated, but it deals with like a side storyline with music and with Christopher and Adriana trying to get into music, Adriana trying to become a a music promoter of some sort. So I don't know. There's just some cheesy scenes in it. And it's, I want to say it's kind of funny, but if I remember correctly, it's 
it's for a lot of reasons it's not necessarily my favorite episode forced says silly rabbit yeah it's kind of a forced episode and i think this goes to what ic was saying a second ago on the in the live motherfucking chat that if the surprise were made today there'd only be 10 episodes per season in some ways because there were these longer seasons this is one of those episodes that feels like they were pl- they were trying to build out the season a little bit. They weren't sure how far they wanted to go with this and where the original idea for The Sopranos was a movie that David Chase wanted to do that he eventually had to combine, take that movie idea and spread it out through a whole season. This comes off to me as one of those episodes where they were forcing coming up with thoughts, uh, coming up with ideas of what to do. So they're like, uh, we've introduced Feech, not Feech, uh, what is it? Uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hesh. Not Feech. Hesh. And we need to we need to give a little Hesh backstory. We want to give Adriana something and, and make them seem a little bit more modern and now by being into music that's in now and that sort of stuff. So, eh. So I think in, in, in those ways is why this next one wasn't my favorite episode. And especially coming off, I think, at least... The, two of my favorite episodes of the season uh, with Legend of Tennessee Maltesante and Boca. Like, the stakes kept being brought up, leading to hinting at what's about to happen with the Tony Jr. thing, which doesn't really hit to nobody knows anything. Isabelle is an interesting episode, but sort of a in the in the bubble episode. But I Dream of Jeannie Kuz- uh, Kuzumano is when everything sort of takes, takes shape. This was sort of taking you, if I remember correctly out of the main storyline and the whole episode focuses around this individual storyline. So, yes. So, here we go. Let me start to play this and just get get it synced to the beginning of the episode. Thank you to everyone that has been able to stop in and join us today for these live streaming watches of these couple of episodes. It's a lot of fun to talk about The Sopranos, one of my favorite shows, and one of the one of the starter one of the shows that really started the era of television that we're in now. Not one of the main one. Matt says not one of the main one with Deep Space Nine and. Uh, <laughs> Are you cleaning up for me too, Matt? Yes, just keep talking. Oh, fuck it. You're... Visiting Day. Yes, that's what Regan pulled the name of the band. Visiting Day is the name of the band. So I spilled beer in the other room, and Matt's, Matt's being a dare in cleaning up. If you're looking for the barrel, it's under the sink. Did I like NYPD Blue? I haven't watched it that much. I must admit I'm not a huge fan of procedural uh cop shows like that they've never just been my cup of tea that i liked minus the wire uh i think what i have seen of it was all right um i don't know why i'm just gonna say this i've i've seen more of hill street blue than i have and nypd blue but i hear it's a good show like that i've just that's never been my favorite genre uh, Silly Rabbit says, I've been noticing a lot of characters from The Sopranos and Deadwood on it, and I remember that Furio gives a shout-out. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe I will watch that. I, it's funny because I like watching some of the Law & Order shows, like SVU and stuff, because you see a lot of Oz actors on that. You see uh, Chris Keller, and then you see Vern show up, and B.D. Wong is on there. And 
I love the uh, I love the crossover that you get with those kind of shows. I love the HBO family crossovers. I love when you see Wire actors on other things too. And here we go. Oh shit! I'm realizing that. Uh... <laughs> no, don't text me. Don't look at it. You know when someone texts you something important, whether it's for, for work, I have a work text I have to read there for something I have to do tomorrow morning, and I just don't want to hear about it right now, I don't want to even think about that shit, so I wish I didn't even see that I got the text, because now I'm like, I want to read it! But I do like how when you see Soprano actors or different uh different characters from the different HBO shows show up on more modern day television programs. It doesn't happen as often with some of the bigger Soprano actors simply because they're just so iconic in those roles. It's kind of tough for them to show back up. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, broke black man. Boo fucking work. Yes, my work revolves around being silly for your, for playing musical instruments in front of kids, but it's still... A lot of talking and screaming. Great to see you, Spots. Great to see all of our friends in the live motherfucking chat. And thank you to all of our friends that joined us. Hope you guys all had a very happy holiday and are going to have a happy new year. Lotus, get off Matt's penis. Sam says, I'm in the same boat. I'm calling a text about the, about, the, about the trial tram practice, and I really don't feel like reading it. Yeah, because if you don't read it, it doesn't become real. I used to, when I used to get uh, messages for subbing, like, if I don't listen to the message, I don't have to actually know I'm missing a class for subbing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so let's get into this episode, um, and this is Soprano, season one, episode Did you give one. a hash background or not, or are you going to? Um, the hash is somebody that was friends with Tony's father that we do. I think we get... A, He's a great character in The Sopranos. He is well. a great character. I don't think he needed an episode like this. Is this the episode where Junior wants tribute from him, too? Or am I confusing it with a different episode? I think you're confusing it with a different episode. Or maybe not, though. Is it Junior that wants it, or is it Tony that wants it? No, I think it's earlier in the season. It might have been something we already talked about earlier in the season, because when Junior first becomes boss, I think he requires Hesh to give him a a payment or something. Yes, it's 500 and then, like, something else, or... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Okay, so let's get into this. Uh, So Hesh was a... He was a record producer back in the 60s, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's the one Jew in the world of The Sopranos that they respect in, uh... Whoop, technical difficulties, but yeah, keep going. No, he's like Sam Rothstein. Yep, Sam Rothstein. And, uh, he, he's, he's someone that always stays friends with everybody. He's someone that's friends with both New York and New Jersey and has a connection with everybody. Is seen as a mediator of sorts, owns horse farms and shit like that, is very connected, and someone just doesn't give a fuck. If you've ever watched Boardwalk Empire, uh, Sam Rothstein is a good sort of, uh, good sort of, good sort I don't of... No, I was talking about Sam Rothstein from Casino. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Sam Rothstein. Daener- uh, character. Yes. I, I thought you uh, meant, that's who I meant. Isn't I thought you meant White. I thought you meant White Sox. Sam Rothstein. And, no, uh, no, no. I was and that too, about... though. He's there's a pretty good, uh, pretty good yeah. account from too. No, it's uh, and Hesh, uh, but he didn't because he was so close with enough people, the older generation. He didn't have to sort of give the same sort of payment or anything else that uh, the other guys did. Exactly. He's sort of grandfathered into a certain extent. So, okay, here we go. Let's start this episode because we got our theme at the beginning and all that stuff too. 
So what is this? Is it? We're getting technical difficulties. Uh, Lotus unplugged the camera accidentally, and I have to wait for it to reset. Oh, okay. <laughs> Luckily, we just did this with the intro, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know what's interesting, though? Since they didn't technically name it Satriales to the second or third episode, did they change the intro, or do you think they made the intro afterwards? Because the intro has Satriales in it. If you know the very first episode, it doesn't say Satriales on the front. It has a different name of a different company on it. I wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm probably they shot the pilot, and they had a different intro for the original pilot, and then after the show was picked up, they decided to do that, shot a few episodes, and then put the And then the when they replayed in. this for the replayed, first time, they, they put had the, it. Yeah, they had it at that point. But good, good, very good pickup. So my friend lives there. It's regulated. You don't have to hide it in mass anymore. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're right about that. But certain individual jobs don't necessarily uh, <clears throat> ag- agree with those kind of that kind of philosophy, unfortunately. So you have to be a little bit more. Yeah, anyone from one public schools, I'm not partaking. No, so. not even a little bit. <laughs> he doesn't even know what we're talking about. No. And like, and honestly, realistically speaking, you're not. That's that's not even it's a true. I know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not faking it. Yeah, so. I'm the I'm the only one with technical difficulties right now. So this is the only episode of the series directed by someone named Matthew Penn. It's also the only co-written by Joe Basso, a musician and journalist who edited Guitar World magazine and was an A&R vice president on Island Records. So it, so it makes sense why this is a music-oriented episode. As I'm going to set back up, uh, reset the camera. There we go. And uh, let's go. I remember very little about this episode, to be honest with you. I did too. Little left. Little left on your end. We still haven't seen a lot of pussy this season. Oh, there, there you go. Open the door. Any hickey shit, you'll be refrying beans with Pablo Escobar again. Love it. This is all a message to your friends. Stay away from Port Lowell. Don't even drive out to Jersey. Not even on Sundays. They've been told. Twice. Now I'll tell them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The first violence we've seen in a while on this surprise, like a, like, a, like a murder or something like that. <laughs> we can't fit all this shit in the carton. Fucking crackheads in their small bills. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that side part of the story. I did too. He's a good shrink. And this is his name, or is that Kuzaman? Yeah, that's Kuz. Kuz. Oh, this is the. This is also the Kuz episode. Oh, it is. Yeah, where Kuz like start ta- we start hanging out with him a little bit. It's not the one where he where Tony has the. No. Okay, no. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. In the first season, we do meet a lot of characters. Don't really become big characters later on. Kuzamano's one of those. He was in the very first episode, and he introduces Tony to Melfi. And we see him a few times throughout the series, but... Okay, so Kuzumano right now is thinking about this from his own standpoint. We're gonna see. We're gonna learn a lot more about Kuzumano in this episode. But we already did learn a little bit about him in a previous episode when we see Milfi having dinner at his house, and we see that he brags about, to a certain extent, about being friends with Tony. Yeah, and this is one of the few times where you see Tony 
sort of weak. Yeah, yeah, weak. Sam, yes, that's Tony's well, being doctor. exploited. He doesn't get exploited. Mm -hmm. I think he misses the perspective. Like it's because he doesn't realize it. He doesn't think long term about this. He gets caught up in the momentary joy of getting that kind of respect. Yeah. Yes, yeah, silly Robert, and the next door neighbor. Tony's Gumar. Hey now. Celebrate just me and Adriana. So Christopher realizing that there's no Gumari can get hotter than Adriana, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially Earl like Sopranos Adriana, like like this actress is very Dre Demato or whatever, she's very attractive. Yeah. But this is the height of her. She plays that mafioso girlfriend thing so perfect, and... And you buy it. They have a very good dynamic as a relationship. Yeah. Silly Rabbit, I love her. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm trying to not just go... But The Soprano, which isn't... Oh my god. The Sopranos, which doesn't have a... A multitude of extremely attractive women. Adriana's, I think, probably the, well, she's the unarguably the, the first, hottest. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe some of Tony's girls, like Valentino or... Yeah, no, she's not her. I mean, come on. Her, her or Adriana. Yeah, seriously. Not, not Meadow. I mean, I guess Edie Falco's the closest other one. I mean, if you're some of the Bing girls, but they're not real characters. Yeah, they're not, I don't consider them real. Um... Central. What am I back here, Mark Furman? <laughs> Mark Furman? It's fucking discrimination. Tony's Gumar, Silly Rabbit, says, is in that conversation. What, the Russian one? The Russian one, yeah. Or some of his other ones that I'm saying, like Gloria. 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 Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, I could, I could see an argument for Gloria. If you have Gloria in her, though, are you taking Gloria? Oh, no. Oh, man, make no. Why they send you over? I'm looking for a burger, not converted rice. <laughs> I like Mrs. Cusimano. Jenny Cusimano's ass. <laughs> Can we get off Jenny Cusimano's ass? Mm. I also like um, what's her name? Your dog. I love your dog. She's um, I have a crush on your dog. Rosalie. Yes. Yeah, on the show. Ro Rosalie Aprio. Oh. I think she's most attractive the, the old the older. I'll say this, though. The Sopranos, as bad as I'm saying they don't have a lot of uh, female uh, options, it's better than the male options. Like, for, the, for, for girls, you got Christopher and Benny. Oh, Benny's. Yeah. He, so you got Christopher. Uh, Furio. And you got Furio eventually. Yeah, if that's your thing. Yeah. But really, most of the the guys no, in this the, the HP uh, the FBI guy would be your like. Oh, Harris. He's not hot, but he's uh, the best. That's your thing. Well, yeah, but most of the other guys are fucking disgusting on the Sopranos. Yeah. I like I like the Russian one too. I like the Russian girl in the wheelchair, the uh, or the one-legged Russian girl. That's your thing, huh? I guess. Possibilities, Matt. Possibilities. Um. I guess, no, not Richie. I guess Ralphie. I guess some people could say, I guess I could see how someone in real life could find Joey Pants attractive. 
not Ralph Maybe. the character, but Joey Pants. Real life Joey Pants is extremely bald though, so. That's true, but Joey Pants is still. Not that I'm going to talk. I'm catching the mirror. Eh, whatever. Close. You're, we're, you're getting to the point where it's okay, but I mean, I can see an argument for Joey Pants. Polly, no, not your thing. No, definitely not Polly. Meadow in later seasons. Exactly, silly rabbit. Possibilities. <laughs> now these guys, so they didn't know that until that cop came in, they had no idea that that was who Christopher was, right? Right, no. And that's why they were talking shit and that's what they found yeah. and they invited him over because of that. I and I think it's, this is one of those things that was a, this episode comes off a little bit heavy-handed in the statement that they're trying to make because of the the popularity of gangster rap at the time this right. this show was on about how that's not real gangsters these are the real gangsters this guy is an on paper uh, built in a Disney boardroom gangster Christopher and all the rest of the guys are the real gangsters and and that's a very heavy-handed thing trope going through this episode yeah but at the same time all of a lot of rappers and hip hop have always glorified like gangsters yep. in the same way. Yeah, no, uh, Snoop Dogg has an album called Dogfather that I think came around right. out around the same time. Or even time. something like like Scarface. You know, yep. it's not Scarface. technically no, a totally. he's still a, like a real mobster of some mm-hmm. sort. But I'd say it goes back. A lot of people want to want to forget about the fact when people talk about gangster rap or it's an impression you think about fucking westerns and shit like that which were glorifying like shoot em up Jesse James it's the whole Brady Bunch episode that deals with the same fucking subject where Bobby has a Jesse James fascination and they have to convince Je- that you know Jesse James is a bad person Bobby right so this has been a, this has been around for a long time Okay, so this is a side story that he pulled Christopher because he knows he works with Tony's crew and he knows that he knows Hesh and that he has a grandfather. We'll get more into like the details of the story, but Hesh, there's some relative of this guy that Hesh fucked over, wrote some songs, had a bad royalties deal, and he wants a payoff from Hesh. And it, it gets kind of confusing because this guy's also a very successful music mogul in this world. He's supposed to be Puff Daddy in this world or something, essentially, or fucking like something like that, right. akin to that. And, and fucking, at the same time, he wants to fuck Adriana, and he convinces her that she can know talent and music, and Adriana's about to take her clothes off, with everyone, everyone moment of silence. No. So it's a lot of weird sort of things going back and forth this episode. I think this is a precursor to a better episode that you get later with D-Girl. Yeah, you know where you get John Favreau showing up and stuff. I think, like, like they thought, oh, this almost worked. We got to tweak this, tweak everything a little bit. This also goes back to a con, a, a theme through everything. When he's talking about how much money that guy has, everyone is secretly jealous of how much money Tony has with his house and everything else. Junior never had a house like that. Tony's father never had a yeah. house like that. It's because of Carmelo, really. I think. Um, I think because because uh, Carmelo. Johnny Sack has a house like that. Yep. Because Johnny Sack has a big house too. But he's that's a whole other level. The New York thing. Is, the New York thing's a different issue. Yeah. So Christopher's always wanted to make it big in a situation. I, um. Oh. Um. I. 
I, it's not that I don't like this episode. I think it's misplaced in the season. If we're going to, like, to, to use a usual complaint that I make about a lot of shows, I think this episode should have been earlier in the season because we just got all that Junior Tony stuff, and I, and I want to say it's not even mentioned in this episode. No, and it's it's like coming to a crescendo. It's coming to a crescendo, exactly. and I think if they led right into... It, it, it ends with the fucking pie in the face, and essentially war being... De- not war being declared, but they are now... Against each other. Right. And then we have this episode. I want to say the next episode is the pussy one where they think pussy is a rat. And Already? Yeah. The end of season one? Yeah. It happens at the end of season one and he runs away. There's that whole thing with Polly like taking him to the schwitz yeah. and stuff. I think that's the next episode. And then we have Tony in a coma because of being sick. And then we have conclusion of the junior Tony arc. God forbid. What if something should happen? I think they go away from it a little bit. Well, should you call up old man Coletti and tell him not to put too much makeup on my face? Don't joke around about this, Tony. At the end of the day, he calls a fucking lawyer, stories ends, dead end, and thank God. Yeah, exactly, silly rabbit. Like, this episode, it's like, it's so much to do about nothing. But again, this is the first show that people were fucking obsessed over, talking about the next day, and the first time that writers had the pressure to keep a story yep. going at this level. And, and that's why... Other, it's like, this is... Everyone learned from whatever their mistakes and the fits and starts throughout the whole... And that, the whole season, like all six seasons, or six, what is it, and six and a half? Six and a half, seven that. seasons. And that's why season two is a lot better than this season, because I think, I think before they, before what happened to Olivia, it was like, and that's why in a lot of ways season two I think is the best season of The Sopranos, and, and I think season five is really good too, but I think season two is the peak. Is Richie in season two? I think season two is Richie stuff. And, and Janet. And Janet, the picture. Yeah. And Janice. I just mean quality of the episodes and direction of the season yeah. because they uh, it's a very Olivia heavy season too. Of course you'd love that, you freak. <laughs> I know. Season three is really great and has some amazing episodes. But you can tell they changed had to change the story structure. Season four gets into the Tony Carmelo love story is the central of that story. A good yeah. season, but a very different season. Season five is really awesome, and season six part two is really awesome. I don't love season six, part one, so much with the Kevin Finnery shit. Yeah, and Silly Rabbit says that season two is where it's at. But, I mean, again, what they had the luxury of is incredible actors in these roles that were just owning it. They could keep it going through semi, semi-shitty semi writing or misplaced stories in the beginning. And they also were in a situation where they had a hit on their hands at that point. And they just... David Chase knew he could do no not 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 do no wrong, but he was in a very good position to be able to to be the show just got picked up again. Yep. He he knew where he wanted his story to end in his original ending idea with with the stuff with smothering Livia. Like he knew where the oh, story probably, was going to go. He probably was given more of a, a budget to work with. More of a budget to work with. Sets, exactly. Yeah. Like like he's just at first being like I made it, you know. So there's like a lot of joy in season two. Right. Right. I'll make this last comment. Don't make it your last comment, but I, but I appreciate, but you're fucking awesome. I make this my last comment. I'm hoping um, uh, the first season is actually kind of sloppy. Yes, yeah, season two. I agree. I, because I think I said it earlier, but I think, oh god, this is fucking awful. <laughs> um, I think season season one, they, it's a lot about transitioning what was originally an idea for a movie into an idea for a series. He wasn't really think they weren't really thinking about it from a series standpoint. It's how can we make this? We got to stretch this out. It's Similar to something like Seinfeld, for instance, where the first couple seasons aren't quite as good until they figured out the characters and figured out well, who everyone was. The first was. few episodes of Seinfeld. Oh, are the whole first se- the whole first season, except for the Chinese restaurant, is almost unwatchable. But then you get into season two and three once they really understand the characters. It's well, Breaking Bad's the same. Break, way. Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad. Starts I'm not getting into that. Yeah, it's different story. I can really get into yeah. with this. But. But I get to pick okay, so 
So, uh, Christopher's setting up Adriana for a hot wife situation. I'm dr- picking out your dress, and you go, uh, you go out and make the loving. No, he's he's gonna let her try to sign a band. This awful fucking band. Place has oh, okay. Here we go. We got Hash. Listen, Schmagel. <laughs> I love. I just love how Hesh isn't afraid of anything. One could write a song about a horse. But in order for it to be a hit with your target audience, you have to have a mounted cop on it. Be ripped up the ass with a Mac 10, no? So again, it's a lot of heavy-handed stuff where, like, it seems like David Chase is like, I hate Tupac and fucking uh, Snoop Dogg. Let's uh, let's talk some shit about gangster rap. And there's a, there's a lot, big element of that in this episode where we're supposed to be thinking of things from from our heroes. And Ordinarily, I'd be more than happy to stroll down memory lane with you. But it's reparations that I seek. Why do we call this what it is? A shakedown. Your own father was a solid partner at Ethno Records. Make sure that the records got airplay. Isn't that right? Yeah, that money bought my house down to Jersey Shore. <laughs> what do you want to do with your hash? I'm glad by you. He's got to do the right thing, that's what. Oh! Whoa! Oh! Boy, Ooh! Get some cold fucking fizzy water on your head. And Hesh is probably the only person outside the family that can talk to Christopher like that. Right. And I mean, at this point, though, Christopher isn't made yet. What's in this for you? He would talk to him that way anyways. Right. It's true. He'd talk to anybody like that. Except even not Tony. Not Junior. Not Junior. Not any of the Sopranos. And it's not because of their rank. It's because he knows, as you said many times, those Sopranos are hotheads. Yeah. You know, you can't talk shit about them. White people were the white man's nigger when yours were still painting their faces and chasing zebras. Amazing. Hash. Where we be mayor is concerned. What are you, fucking nuts? <laughs> this guy, you can tell, likes Hash. Like, in a way, he, like, he appreciates Hash's candor. $400,000. And our cashier's check made to a Mrs. Idella Willis. Set the record straight. Or what? Polly. Polly just can't wait to test himself. Oh, yeah. That nice man. I think she said. And? And if you guys don't know this, Hesh actually has a black girlfriend in this. He has a, a soft spot spot where he's not a racist at all. Yes. No, he's not a racist at all. That last comment about him being a nice guy was a... Was a, was, a way of, was a way of saying that. Yeah, it did yeah. get to him. And I mean, they play him off as cold sometimes, but they definitely play him off as the nicest guy. Oh, no, I was a, I, I thought this scene was in the last episode. This is in this episode. Really? What does that do to property values, having a gangster living next to him? Are you kidding? Say it's blocking the name. Being a gangster, what does it mean anyway? Yeah, that's true. Some of the shit I see in the boardroom, I don't know if I'd make a distinction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 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 I don't know. 
Sometimes I think the only thing separating American business from the mobs Fucking somebody. <laughs> I would have loved to see the description when they were trying to get people for these roles. We need some uh, snooty. <laughs> yeah, with the with the, cu the casting call, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Douchey. Uh... <laughs> I didn't get that joke at first, but it was uh, it's what was it, what was it called? Murano glass, like like oh uh, they have that kind of glasses like down in Guinea, like making fun of like a certain kind of style is just oh, oh my god, it's literally the oh, worst music fuck. ever. Yeah, I have to turn this down just because I I don't want this video to be flagged for this horrible song, and and I don't know if the show. Adriana is looking nice though. Oh, amazing. I don't know. Did the show mean us to think that they're horrible? Oh. The saving day, or whatever the fuck, whatever the hell their name is. Are well, we supposed to think that they're? Unfortunately, this is one of the most low budget things that ever gets done in this show because this is like the sort of shit you see on other shows. Like, yeah. shows like 90210, like like first early seasons, like yeah, they, like uh, the Gossip Girl, not Gossip Girl, like 90210, no, I said 90210, uh, Buffy and fucking uh, Charm do shit like this where they have yeah, bands, like bands that are terrible but act like they're amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ray Pruitt from Jesus, even I mean, School of Rock the movie, the other bands yeah. in School of yeah. Rock that they have go out there and play sound just like yeah, this. The they're terrible. Is. The band that wins the competition, yeah. Samsara. Do you remember that band from the Animal Rights Show in our high school? Yeah. They're like they all had wireless mics and were like a hair band. We're in Samsara. But on the show, are we supposed to think that they're bad, or are we supposed to think that they're like a good band of the time? I don't know, and this comes down to. It's not the Happy Days can for sure. <laughs> Welcome back, Sam. I think they're actually into it, though. That's the thing. See, I don't like, and I don't know, like, like that's a question. Was the late '90s, early 2000s? When did they make this? This episode came out in 1999, was it? Yeah, 1999. Those are straight mullets still in the front of the. <laughs> Stay. Like, what was popular in music at, at this period of time? Like, 1999. Was it the... Was, grunge was still in? Was it, like, the end of grunge? No, 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 no. This is... Collective soul era? No, that's, this is this is past that. You're Right now, you're at Limp Bizkit. Right oh, now. the 99 is, like, Limp Bizkit? 99 is Limp Bizkit. 99 is, um... Corn. 99 is... It's like all stuff tool like at that. Their, tool at their height. Later, a little bit after Tool being at their height, but sure, yeah. Tool even... 1998 was probably when this was filmed. So, so like 98, 99. Yeah, you're talking about corn and and. Uh, corn, yeah, silly rabbits with you. Corn, uh, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, right here or around then. Re uh, Reveille or whatever that band was that we played with. See, yeah, because it seems like, what do you call this it? This is very post grunge. Grunge is dead. Tool, ni Tool's 94. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Uh, no, but Enema by Tool is like 96, 97. I don't know. I'm not good. I, I do know that with Tool. Tool was like, their, their biggest album was like 97, 98. Ah. All right, you gotta turn it back up now. Oh, was Rage big at this time? Or was no, it Slipknot? He's right with Slipknot. Oh, Sli Rob Zombie Slipknot? Yeah. Okay, so that's the error of this one. So, okay, so in this era, that was shit. Yes. <laughs> that was shit what we just saw. Yeah, but you're also talking about Creed. You're also talking about Creed in 1999 still. Creed was probably still around uh, and a big deal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Rage was, but Rage started in, like, 92. We can't... I don't want to... 
Oh yeah, we were in high school when Rage started. Yeah. Right? We, what we what we were getting was the Limp Biscuits. You were getting the 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 like the shitty end of what Rage led to. Right. Right. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know. What was that? <laughs> the '90s were Britney and Insync too. Yeah, don't forget the Britneys and Insync. Yeah, late '90s were. Late definitely. '90s were. So this is like '99. So what? what is this the height? Is this the height in Insync too at this period of time? Christina Aguilera had just come out in '99. Genie in the Bottle was huge at this point. Yeah. And Oops, I Did It Again. Okay, so I'm just trying to get a concept of whether this music was cool at the time. I want to hear what he says about the band. It's on. Christopher makes a really good point, though. Yeah, probably is. I'm really fucking doing it. It's all thanks to you. Yeah, because I think Christopher thinks it's shit, but he's he's tangible. He's like gambling's tangible. You get things. This is like I don't know. Like, right. are they good? Why, enough? How are you gonna sell that to Tony to get yeah. involved with this? Exactly. He's not. He should have immediately gone to hash. Like, not eventually gone to hash. Like what eventually happens in the episode. Primus blew them all away. Oh, fucking Primus, Primus was earlier than that. The Primus I agree amazing. with you. So, like, to understand that you don't consider yourself white? One of my favorite bands of all time, it combines uh, members of Primus, The Police, and Fish. Oysterhead, is that what they're called? Where you have uh, Trey, Tra uh, Les Claypool, and Stuart Copeland. Yeah. I probably saw them around. No, I saw them in, like, 2001, 2002. You seem to want to branch out. What's stopping you? The guys, no. We don't usually get to talk about music, but it was a big part of like our babbling sessions. Like when we were when we were younger at that age, we could have done like tons of like show music podcasts. But this is a good episode to actually talk about this because the it written by someone who was involved in Guitar Magazine. This this was trying to push something on the Sopranos in this episode. That if it was more popular and reacted better, you might have seen more shit like this. Right. And well, I mean, I think you do. So I guess in in hindsight, you're glad of it. Yeah, but there's also but you, amazing musical moments. Right, but you don't junior, saying, junior singing is one is like one of the best moments in, of, of like any show. I guess what I mean is you. This leads to Adriana owning the club, the Crazy Horse, which sure. bring, which brings other shitty bands like this in to be background yeah. bands. So it, so I guess this was a success in the way that they brought in more bands. I want to say uh, I, I I used to know this guy. Uh, I played played with a band that that was music was featured in an episode of the Sopranos and became a big part of the Sopranos. Like get your get your music featured in the Sopranos and they played a lot of like indie type bands. Yeah. David Lee Roth was in the Primus is forever my favorite live. Yeah, he was in the poker scene. My favorite live band ever, Primus. Primus is fucking amazing. I really do love Primus. The guitar player, I forget his name, it's it's, it's blank on me right now, is such an underrated guitar player because he keeps up with everything Claypool does. Larry, uh, Larry Leonard, Leonard. Learn is like his, his nickname for sure. Yeah, it's LL. It's like, it's Larry Lalonde or Larry, Larry Lalonde, Lalonde or something like that. But yeah. he is just one of the most underrated guitar players of all time that he can keep up with what Claypool does and he matches him point for point. Dad, but is that a piece of meat? <laughs> Sausage is kind of a phallic thing. <laughs> Whereas this. <laughs> oh <So>. my god. <laughs> finish the joke. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Finish the joke. You didn't even finish it. That's like a carrot top joke, you fucking asshole. So Tony is about to. Carrot top is Jack now. You've, you know that. Dude, right? I'd be afraid to say. If he saw Seriously. this. If he saw this podcast right now, which I think he has alarms go off and people talk shit, yeah. he does the Jay and Silent Bob stuff where he shows up at your house and beats the shit at you for he's talking shit. He's huge now. He's huge, dude. He's, he's jacked. Probably out of work, so. 
He went the Danny Bonaducci route. Okay, so Tony, Matt was talking about this earlier. This is a real. This is maybe the only time we ever see this. I think. There it is, Larry Lure Lalonde. Right, two were close. Where Tony. Okay. Can you rewind that for one second? I want to hear what they just said. We almost. We we'll, we'll talk about this before you start it. Yeah, we see it later. We see it later too. Where, uh, where Tony, where Tony's mother-in-law tries to make Tony feel that way at some point in time later, and just doesn't work. Where he comes twirling the sausages and stuff. But this is uh, this is one of the only moments that we get to see Tony be marginalized. Yeah, but they also think it's cool. But he's like he's almost like a like a circus act for them to have yeah. around to tote around. You know, like this is my token whatever friend that they have. Yeah. You know, the, the, look at my pet. Look at my caged animal. Yeah. Look, look. And that and no one does that to Tony. But at the same time, he's almost trying to impress these. You know what I mean? He does want to be like. He wants to be accepted by everybody. I th- he wants to be somebody that can break through, not just. Not just play this one style of music. He wants to cross over. Right. You know, he doesn't want to be a heavy metal band. He wants to do emotional music too, which is interesting if we think about the parallel to the to, to what's terrible going on. music. The terrible music playing. in the episode where mm-hmm. where this band is training day. I I keep messing up their name on purpose, but where Adriana training day where Adriana says at a certain point that they used to be a heavy band, but this is their most introspective shit now. Oh so. my god, it sounds awful. No, it's fucking awful. It is fucking awful. Google oh does. Uh huh. There were some really bad bands in that era. I know I'm going to get hate for this one, but like, it remi- they remind me of a Godsmack wannabe band, and Godsmack was kind of wannabe-ish, as is. American Biotics. Barb, our stock guru. But yeah, this oh, see, Carmella can pull this shit off way better than Tony can. Yeah, yeah. but Carmella's also smart enough to see through it quicker than Tony. Yeah. Because she just... She's... Because she's not stupid. <laughs> I shit on Carmella a lot, but Carmella's impressed by all this and go, oh, okay. But she's jealous. I think because in some point in time, she wants a normal, doty sort of loser husband that she can just run over, whereas Tony won't do the simple anything. No, you don't think she gets turned on by getting banged by Tony Soprano sometimes? <laughs> Sweating all over her? No, I think sometimes she does. I think we see it sometimes. And I think there's some excitement for her being with a bad boy. And when Tony excites her, I think that's why she's with Tony. It's all she be- comes from it too, though. She has cousins and family. Right. Like, like she's like generations. But I think you're right that most of the, her attraction to Tony comes from the pants. You know what I mean? Her head. Yeah. Her head tells her you're too smart to be with a guy like this. You're too blah blah blah. You're too this. You're too that. But her her if body. Tony, if Tony wasn't making money, he'd be out of the picture though. I think. In a second. Yeah. In a second. Not even close. Yeah. It's, I agree well, with she you. Also wouldn't put, she also puts up with a lot of shit from Tony, too. Yeah, she he accepts it. her nonstop, and like he's, in a lot of ways, a very And she says, she says it to uh, the father and many times. For a long time, she just considered it a form of masturbation. And then by trying to turn it off right afterwards, uh, it's, it's tough to give him mixed messages. Because for so long, she said she was just okay with it. And then suddenly being like, I'm not okay with it. Okay, let's get into this. Let's get back. We've got, we got about 28 minutes left in this episode. So this is Fe- Feech. I, I keep calling him Feech. Hash. Listening to... Feech Lamana. Feech Lamana. Listening to the song that is in question. He it, died this year, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, Feech Lamana died. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, his name... No. Ramalogia. 
Yeah, I always I always call him Burt Young because he's because that. But uh, but Burt Young is uh, is uh, Bobby Bacala's dad. Bobby Bacala's dad yeah. and uh, and Rocky. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh fuck. This is one of the funniest scenes in the entire series. This is when Christopher goes all honky-tonk man on Macho Man Randy Savage. We see the sound man, which I think answers my question. The sound man is, is giving across that this is shit. Ah, uh, Sam, no, I think we're ending on this episode, and then sometime in the next month or so, I'm going to get Matt back here and uh, my cousin Craig and maybe one of my other cousins to watch the last three episodes of The Sopranos. But we will be on tomorrow, too. Joe, will I be, Joe and I will be on tomorrow. Maybe Stephanie as well. Oh, my God. This is awful. This is so awful. Radiohead was around then, but that's, a, that's not like any of this music. Ugh. <laughs> the sound, man. Okay. But, no, it's even unclear because... Because he's like, that's take 62. And then he says something like, we already had it in the bag 10 takes ago when you told me I didn't have it. So, like, it's, I don't think the sound man's supposed to be acting like it's horrible. I think he's just supposed to be like, yeah, when it's perfect. Your songs have no choruses. No choruses. This is one of the stupidest arguments ever in the Soprano episode. It's as good as we're going to get right now. Oh, it wasn't too bad. It was kind of good. Hey. Whoa, 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 what are you saying? Is something wrong? Mm. No, I'm sure we're all trying our best here. I just think we hit a brick wall. You're not a producer. You're a fucking sound... You're a fucking... Hey, hey, fuck that! Yeah. Christopher's 100% right in this situation, by the way. It's only gonna cost me more money to pack it up and come back in again, isn't it? Okay. We got through the instrumental tracks with no problem. Ah, uh, fucking beat. Hey, what do you say we finish this shit, all right? Three days now we've been slamming our hands. Yeah, Chris does an impression of Honky Talk Man is this one. Watch, he can swing up me guitar. He really does. He smashed it right into Randy Honey, Savage's head. 300 bucks an hour. Yeah, try this. Probably going to be starting around, around 8 whenever Joe gets here. And then Vikings at 9. But it might all be just one big giant stream. I haven't decided how I'm going to do it yet. Look, what you just heard was our balls-out, most introspective song. It's not supposed to rock. Yeah, it'll probably be our first single. No, dude, second. Sharon's chair will be the one that busts out. I like Melt. Come on, come on. Go like, like crank, this is just all stuff I just could care so yeah. little about. What? You heard me. Spike up. No fucking way. Christopher, I am producing these sessions. Don't take the fucking drugs. I'm not fucking around anymore. Look, the problem, Christopher... Is that the oh, and the oh my goodness. Wrong from the fucking beginning? Oh, hey, king of rock. You're out of your depth. Look, let me tell you something, dude. Thank you. But I've recorded in Denmark. Okay? <laughs> you want to know what the problem is? Where are the fucking choruses? No choruses. All your songs. You got no choruses. Your choruses are basically just another verse. I mean, what happened to She Loves You, huh? She loves you. Yeah. It's just so fucking ridiculous. There is structure. That's how you build a song. The Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. Look, that's been 40 fucking years now. And this makes me fucking sick. What is he, nuts? <laughs> Where you go? <laughs> you idiot. The Beatles, the Beatles? What the fuck? Jerk off. Jerk off? This is such bad action, though. He, like, leans into it. Look at this. Check this out. That's terrible. Isn't that terrible? Like, what was, what was going on there? That was, that, 
That wouldn't happen in season two. No. No. What? But little things like Why that, you could just tell, like, it's... It, season one almost just seems like a different show at times. And this is one of those episodes that's a perfect example of that. Excuse me. <laughs> so Carmelo, listening from the other people, wants to start getting into the stock market, which ne- never really goes anywhere if I... Well, don't forget okay, the, the, the speculation house. Oh, spec house. Yeah. The spec house stuff, yeah. Okay. It's, it's an ongoing storyline about Carmela wanting a hobby. Because thinking that Tony's going to die at any point, and then what's going to happen to her when he dies, because seeing what happened to Rosalie and, and not wanting that to happen to her. Yes, Denmark, that motherfucker. <laughs> Okay, sure, Carmella. She was almost hot for two seconds right there, not Carmella. Meta? Yeah, two seconds. We're not talking first couple of episodes, obviously had a nose job, uh, Meadow, but Meadow by the end of the series, like when she shows up in the show Entourage, uh, Jamie, Lee, Jamie Lynn Singer got, got very attractive, I think by the end. She never passes. She never Adriana. does? No, she never no. oh, God, Adriana. fuck no. But she is a different kind of attractive. She's more like that cute attractive. You know who's not attractive? AJ? <laughs> Touche. Her friend. And the, what's her friend's oh, name? Oh, uh, Blossom there. No, yeah. uh, no, she's not Blossom at all. But... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what's her name? Uh, uh, Hunter Scangarello. Yeah. I guess young, I guess older AJ could theoretically be attractive. Oh, we, we gotta watch this, yeah. Oh yeah, this is the big fucking shit talk here. Hi, baby. So, like, every job... So, so what's classroom life really like, Matt? Right. What's this? It's, it's these... They start asking, and Tony oh. just decides what to do, and he decides just oh, to fuck with them. The 50s, right? No, it wasn't. It was 1972. No, what he means is a story took place in the 50s. I want to know if you really had to cut your finger and take an oath. See, Kuzaman, I think, actually wants to be friends with them, but he's as horrified by this shit as... Tony is. Yeah, or just that it's actually happened, that right. these guys are acting this way. Because they're acting almost like immature children that are super excited for it. You got a lot of friends in New York, Tony? Yeah. Oh, yes. Blossom. I like that first Spanish chick at the construction site. Not the one AJ was with, but the one hitting on Meadows' boyfriend with the tramp stamp. I can't wait to get that hitting on Finn, like the one that the the Finn's talking to when he ends up seeing the guy get beat and he throws up in front of. Oh, uh, he just broke his heart. You probably knew the guy, huh? How fucking all you think I am? You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. This is so ridiculous. I'd rather listen to them sing. Oh my god, this is so horrible. <laughs> so Tony's like, fine. I'm gonna fuck with these guys, and I love this story. I'll see you later, broke, broke black man. Have a good time playing Call of Duty. Thank you for joining me, man. 
My good humor. <laughs> Except the trucks that had to bundle over Osan, hmm? Look at this fucking freak. Is it almost that time, Lotus? Just know that when the company folded and they were auctioning off the last bungalow bar truck over the peak roof. You're right, Coos. 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 Tony. He's not going to take it from Hog. bungalow bar truck. I wanted it as a souvenir. Gotti outbid me. Gave me a ride home. You know, he rang that bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love how Gandolfini plays that so straight. Oh, away with that. So this is this is the heavy song. Meow. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so awful. Except the only thing that's not awful is her. I know. So if she was dancing around telling you this band was awesome, would you be telling, saying, yep, it's the greatest band ever? No. <laughs> no girl's worth suppressing your music no. taste. I agree, dude. <laughs> music lasts forever. The girl's going to go away soon. Some good fucking guitar. Listen to that shit. Some good guitar. Look good at that. fucking guitar. Good, look at that shit. Look at, <laughs> I, I love this. Lotus is leaving the room. She's had enough. Yeah, Lotus can't deal with this She's music She's like, I'm out of here. This is about to st that hurts to hear. Yeah, the silly rabbit says it's hurting the dog. Okay, so he plays it for Hesh. I love Hesh's reaction here because this is so true. This is like one of the most true things ever said in the series. Hey, Kyote. Well, I think it's... Uh, Huge hug to you. Have a very happy new year coming up, my friend. Be a little more specific. There's good and there's not good. This is not good. Offense. <laughs> 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 music is music. Talent is talent. I don't know who you are. Yep. And I've seen them all. I saw heavy metal invented by Hendrix at the Cafe Wah. Kid just came out of the army. I said to him, kid, I don't know what you call it. Talent, charisma, magic, but you got it. These kids... Don't got it. They don't. Get the fuck out of my office. Are you fucking kidding me? This Vito is a great fucking guitar player, Hash. Fine, great. He's a great guitar player. However, there's one constant in the music business. A uh, hit is a hit. hit. And this, my friend, <laughs> is not a hit. Why? Christ, for reasons we couldn't comprehend or codify. Pathetic schlepper. <laughs> That's how I, I love that live. Because it's so true and... and you can't quantify it. You can't sit in a room and really write a hit song when it comes down to it. You don't know what's going to mix with the people, especially in this time period. I think it's like, things are a little different now because there's so many different tastes, but like a hit song, you know, hit song on the record, the way it used to be. There's no definition of it. No. It's just, it's just something you, you can never, you just can never really explain it. I know, it's almost time. What the hell do we know? Every time you open his mouth, we piss ourselves away. But Jimmy didn't mind. You're not a lapdog. You're not a lapdog. Come on. Come on. Jimmy. Say my time. And because he wanted to hang out with us, he belted right out. 
If I could roll on the floor, laugh. And then, uh, you know, when the laughs got old, we stopped calling them. It wasn't until years later that I found out that the poor prick was going home every night. No, he careful. himself to sleep. <laughs> Someone wanted to be on the stream. Now, when I found out, you know, I, I felt bad. If a girl ever throws shit like that at you, throw her some. Portis head, I love it. It will change her forever. To be used, you know, for somebody else's amusement, like a fucking dancing bear. Yeah. Have you ever been in that situation? Felt like you were a dancing bear? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably on a lot of alcohol, I was. You live, you learn. I think I have too. Especially when I was, uh, you know, like. Got into some trouble when I was younger. You know, people would be like, oh, here, this is, uh... Do you know what happened to Phil? Do you know what he went through? <laughs> Milfie wants to laugh. You want to laugh, Milfie. Okay, so this is the conclusion to the situation where Hesh decides not to pay him. And we find out that these guys are way more morning, legal right? gangsters rather than. It's okay. We can we can still hold hands in the middle of Lotus. It's not too creepy. <laughs> Matt and I touched hands, and he got all creeped out. He like he pulled his hand back really quick. It's okay. It's okay. No, you're used to it now. We've known each other since third grade, Matt. It's okay. You're getting yourself in way over your head here. Why don't you think about backing up a little bit? You know, let sleeping dogs lie. Hey, soprano. Let me share with you what I suspect about this gangster rap shit. I think you probably got think... sociology from the city college. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Later on, I got a degree. But urban planning. We're close. Now, when it comes to which is mightier, the pen or the motherfucking sword. I let the situation decide. I let the situation dictate. Don't press it. I'm gonna do my part to keep Mr. Rapkin's people working. What's that supposed to mean? Expect to hear from... You gotta dip into some obscure shit with a lot of hooks. And just try to think about what's catchy and stuff. But even then, I've heard so many songs in clubs, like playing in bands for 15, 20 years or whatever. Like, playing in bands, you see some bands going around there. You're like, that's a fucking great song. That's like, like catchy as shit, that's awesome. But then there's this luck aspect of things that just is what, like Hesh is saying, you don't, you can't quantify what exactly causes something to become a success. I would of course have to cut a suit. I'll see you in court. So, okay, so again, one last statement on, on the music of the times where Hesh uses a little clause that he has that they're sampling one of the songs that he has the rights for. So it's going to be like a countersuit situation. And Polly's depressed that because is, there's no war. Nice. You like it better than the Elijah? Fuck, dude. Keep him up. Christopher, $2,400. Jesus Christ. I don't think you really like it. In 1999, $2,400? How much do you think that is now? $10,000? It's expensive. But if something's $2,400 in 1999, probably at least 5000 right? Double 5000 you think? No, 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 not since then. 
Stuff hasn't doubled since that. That's like saying a car that's thirty thousand dollars now was fifteen thousand dollars in nineteen ninety nine. It wasn't. It was already twenty. It's already twenty. Okay. It's pro- so it's probably So is this where he breaks it to her? This gotta be towards the end of the episode. Yeah, we're in the Good girl, Lotus. Yeah, she thinks she's a lap dog. <laughs> You know how I use a technique of positive visualization? I know you talk about it. You're fairly negative a lot of the time. Okay, so here's where he has to break down to Adriana. For the fucking possibility that visiting day sucks. Visiting day. Training. I like training day better. I think the only reason you got this far with Massive is he wants to be in your pants. Yeah, I love Polly too, Silly Rabbit. We talk about so far. We haven't... Like, all through season one, watching back, you don't get a, like, I still, I feel wanting of Polly. I feel like I haven't gone yeah, a lot there's of not, there's, later on, he's a central part of a lot of episodes. Like, I feel like, I feel like certain, some of the certain elements that are missing from season one, it's the rest of the crew. It's having the rest of the crew be more of a perspective, whereas this season's a lot more focused on the f- direct family, like Tony and Junior and... Even Christopher. Even Christopher. Like, you get a few Christopher episodes where later on he becomes more of a central right, focus. I mean, they don't know yet that people love Paulie. Yeah. Okay, you don't have to wear them. <laughs> look, at, look at Michael Imperio. He's trying not to smile. What's wrong with visiting day? I don't know. But it's a problem that you don't know. Richie, he'll sing anything. You just don't want to believe that I could have a relationship with a man like Massive that wasn't based on fucking. That no. was based on intelligence. Well, no, Adriana. That's not this situation. No. And, I mean, I get why she's saying what she's saying, but Christopher... You're like, saying I don't have talent? Not in every situation with Christopher and Adriana, but it's interesting in this first one that Christopher's 100% right in this situation. Made new friends, new horizons, and you can't stand that. Like, they don't even introduce Christopher's later problems early on that much. It doesn't right. seem like a problem. It almost comes out of nowhere. No, because no, he goes Brendan to, with Brendan in the it's beginning. It's Brendan, but, like, the thing that changes him is going to Italy, if I remember correctly. There's the episode they go to Italy, and he meets up with all, like, the uh, Italian members of the family and starts, like, shooting up with them and stuff. So I guess it, they did lead into it. such a lie. Dude, she just put on a coat. She's going out with just the coat over that. It's fantastic. That's great. So does that mean she did well in the stocks, or does that mean she lost all the money? What does it say? It said that stocks split three to one or something. Like, I don't know enough about the stock market. To know. I think it must mean she lost, right? I want to see. Well, should we rewind that? Yeah, rewind it for a second. All right, but let's rewind this. Okay, here we go. It splits, rewarded, this is what I've said. Oh, she won. Investors would pre- if she actually purchased it ahead of time. Oh, okay, so she didn't buy it in time. Did she or not? I think she was looking at it or wanted to buy it. Maybe she did. I think she, didn't she make the phone call? But she seems upset by it. Or she's trying to hide it from him. Or she's trying she to hide it from him. I think she did, she did invest and she won the money. She's trying to hide it from Tony. Hey, Ren Renwood. Lots of love to you, Ren Renwood. Happy upcoming New Year, my friend. Tony. 
Sam's like, I know nothing about numbers in stocks. I'm a legal car correspondent. He just said you're awfully chipper today. So Okay, so yeah, she won the money. Won the money. I love how I look at that like it's gambling. I guess, I guess essentially it is. Yeah, I know. That's why it's so much fun. Okay, so Tony's going to play a little trick, Godfather 2 style, on uh, Kuzumano. Go give him a box of stuff. What it essentially means with the split is that whatever she had, if she had six shares, mm-hmm. she suddenly has 18 shares if it split three. Oh, so it's... So it, uh, but they, it all, they all go down to value, but the purpose behind doing it is like, let's say you only release 100 shares of something, yeah. and the price goes through the roof. Oh. There's still only 100 there. Like, it's hard to get a hold okay, of Okay, so now she has more stakes, so then of all those rise, right. then her profits right. triple. Hey, hey, Iron Throne. Great to see you in the live chat. So, Robert, in his defense, heroin is really fucking great. Don't ever do it or anything. <laughs> if you find some, you give it to me to dispose of this silly rabbit who's down that rabbit hole. Just say no. And, yeah, and the people that don't know what this reference is to, this is a direct reference to Godfather 2 when Bruno... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruno Kirby's character, who's playing young Clemenza, gives a bag of guns or box of guns to Vito Corleone, which gets him involved in the mafia. Knowing that this guy watches mafia movies, he's he's feeding into his uh, feeding into his. And also, what came in the scene that Tony has not been deemed cool enough for the club. Live. <laughs> yeah, and and Ren says, yeah. So you bought one stock and stock, and now you have three. So go fucking Carmela. It's okay, Tony, having some fun, and this is where we get to see, which is a weird button to the episode because we see earlier in the episode Milfy hearing a sound, and we now see what that sound was, and it's no big reveal. Like they play it off as it's gonna be a big reveal, and it's Tony lifting. Coming off, it's not that I, again, it's not that I hate this episode, but coming off Boca, this is, this isn't my favorite episode. Right. And then the listening to this horrible song, this other horrible song that. Yeah, it's pretty awful. That, which is like the Jim Blossoms or so, I don't know what the fuck it is. But Hash comes in and goes, now this is a hit. I don't know what it is. It should have been something else. You should have been listening to, like, I Want to Hold Your Hand or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe some other modern song, your Nirvana song or something. I don't know. Something that's more, like, universally, because, like, listening back, I'm like, that's not a hit. Like, I don't even remember what the fucking song is. (laughs) Don't open it. Know what to do. You're coming to get by, defile you. (laughs) It's such a fucking, so fucking horrible. So those are our two episodes of The Sopranos. Any thoughts on this episode? I kind of was babbling about my hate for it, but uh, I think it's one of the worst episodes of season one. Yeah. I mean, there was the, particularly that we just watched these two in a row. I mean, the last episode you had Good Polly, you had. 
You had a good steep story. You had jun- you had an expression of junior stuff that you don't normally which was get, am- which was amazing. Really awesome. Some exploration, character development of junior. You had progression of the junior Tony storyline and the Livia stuff, which is the main focus of season one. This episode just seemed in a bubble and seemed no Livia. No Olivia at all in this episode. No Silvio in this episode. No AJ, which is a good thing. No, that's always a good thing. Um, who else <clears> didn't we see? In this? We saw Polly. No Pussy again. Pussy's. No, they, I mean there was the opening scene. Oh yeah, it had them. the three. It had the three of them. Yeah, it did. But no, but still no Silvio. That I that I can think of. No. No Artie. That's a good thing. That's always that's a good thing. We too much already sometimes. Lots of Adriana. Yeah, uh, Sam. Lots of naked or semi-naked Adriana, which never is a bad thing no. for. But two, when that's two the Durables. best part about the episode, that's not really. Yeah, a that can't carry episode. a Sopranos episode, right? If, if we're watching a bad Skinamax movie, no, it's, it's literally the best part of the show yeah. of, of this episode. Yeah. What were you more excited no. about than that? No, nothing. No, nothing. I mean, some of the Tony stuff's okay, but even the Tony storyline. Like, if we're grading this out, I would give the store the Tony storyline with the Cusimano like a D plus. I would give the right. Christopher main storyline like a D minus. I would give Carmela's storyline maybe like a D plus. And what else is going on in this episode? Nothing really. No. So whereas the last episode, I would think just in general, I would give it solid like A minuses, B pluses across the board. In uh, for that, if I'm really grading it, Sam, who this is her first watch of The Sopranos, said I didn't really care for this episode much, but I did really like episode nine. And I think as you're gonna see, Sam, episode nine is that that's a good that's what The Sopranos is. Yeah, and what The Sopranos more what it almost turns into. I, I would say uh, Silly Rabbit was saying it a lot in the chat, and a couple other people. As you get into season two, you're gonna see a pretty steady improvement to making the show feel like deeper and just higher quality. Whereas at the beginning it almost came off somewhat not as a comedy, but like the same sort of production value went into it that you might see in some comedies. It doesn't really get that like deep feeling of immersion into the world till season two. And I think yeah. I think that's the biggest difference. Right from the start. And you'll see everything. You'll see I mean, so there's great camera shots in the first season, and everything, but that becomes even bigger. Right, the two. great the music design, like like, but specifically what you're saying there too, the camera, the way they use editing and some film tricks, really becomes center center point of season two and, and on. And no junior at all in this episode. No junior at all in this episode, especially after last episode. Yeah, right, when it was all junior. Yep. And that was the that was the episode. And I don't think you really get a lot of junior again until the final episode of the season, but we'll, but we will see next time. Silly Rabbit, happy new year. See you next time. I get some goddamn off time. Fun as always. I'm so glad that this timing worked out. Sam, thank you for pushing and keeping the Sopranos podcast alive. And to everyone that's checking this out, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the podcast, please uh, give us some iTunes ratings that can always help us and help more people get the podcast. Lotus knows that we're sort of uh, finishing mm-hmm. off here. And we will be back very soon within the next month or so with a time that makes sense probably on a Saturday or a Sunday um, or a Friday evening or something. We will be back for a the last three episodes of a Soprano stream. Hopefully, if I, if uh, timing works out, Matt can be able to join us. And we will also hopefully have my cousin Craig who will be joining us as well. And maybe even Joe. Maybe as many people as want to come and check out the final of the season two, season one. Then, leading into the rest of the Sopranos, we're still going to go through the whole Sopranos series. But we're going to do something a little bit different and get back to doing podcasts. But do season two as a one podcast for the whole season. Talking about the whole season two, season three, whole season, season four, whole season, season five, season 6A, 6B. 
Then after the fact, we might come back and do some of these for specific episodes. I know a live watch of Pine Barrens would be a lot of fun. And we may do specific shows for specific episodes, whether Matt's there or not, and maybe with some other people to talk about The Sopranos. The Sopranos is always going to be alive in the channel, but I, we, I do, over the next couple of months, want to try to work on uh, getting the entire series talked about um, and out there. So we're going to do season reviews coming up after that. So uh, so once we're done with season one, binge watch season two and we'll get into it. So everyone, thank you so much to everyone in the live motherfucking chat for joining thank us today. Thank you, Sam. You too. Sam, Happy New Year. Worldwide Horror. Ren Renwood, lots of love to you. Lots of love to all of you guys. And Joe and I will be back tomorrow night for an end of the year celebration leading into Vikings, which could be maybe the final episode of a very great character. I don't know. Tomorrow night in Vikings, it's going to be intense. It, that, it's going to be crazy. So please join us tomorrow night if that's your cup of tea. And uh, either the first, second, or third, one of those days in the evening. we got to get talk to Joe and figure out what works best. Joe and I will be back again to do some Game of Thrones spoilers and leak information. So, everyone, Matt, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks. I really and appreciate let's, it. Like, fingers crossed no one dies between now. I mean, we got like four days left in the year. Four days. We can 20, make so it. We have 28, 29, 33. We have four days left. Let's hope that... You know, we don't George Michael and Carrie Fisher. Don't even any, say uh, a name because just by saying them out loud, it, it, it causes to to, to uh, do the death drinks. <sighs> but everybody, have a good night and one more time, rest in peace to Carrie Fisher out there and George Michael and George Michael. See you guys next time. Happy New Year. <laughs>